0: Welcome to episode 123 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Charles Glide in Canada edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host Josh Refine. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. You know, we had a really uh, dramatic uh, weekend of racing. Maybe not as dramatic as what people think, but certainly, you know, we had a lot of drama that went on in all of NASCAR and uh, Formula One. Sorry, but it was a lot of things that happened. You know, of course, the title, Charles Leclerc finally uh, won a race, first time since uh, April, and finally got back onto the podium, first time since uh, the Miami GP, so glad to see him back on there. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Clyde Elliott went and took the victory at his home track, his actual home track of Atlanta, and saw that. And, of course, I I learned that... uh, Siren is also pronounced sirene uh, for some weird reason. Uh, is what NBC uh, was there at the uh, Dawsonville pool room, so I don't really know what that was all about. But we uh, again heard the siren again for you know the umpteenth time in Chase Elliott's career since they started talking about that. But that happened, and then you know all the other racing that we saw this weekend. It was a pretty good weekend of racing if you were watching.
0: Yeah, definitely you wanted to go and look at Inbreeders Alley. You just have to go to the Dawsonville pool room. But um, if you weren't interested in the 86 hits that they sent there with Rutledge, um, Clyde went and won that race. He had a tough battle with a guy who has been in, kind of came in around the same time as he did, but has definitely not been as heralded. Somebody who tried to get hired or wanted to get hired by Jeff Gordon and Corey LaJoy. So we'll talk about that. All the carnage that was caused by um, Ross Chastain, uh, amongst other things in the cup field. Uh, We, of course, Charles Leclerc winning the Austrian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for once, actually getting humbled, which was nice. Um, He didn't have anything to fight the Ferraris and should have been a one-two finisher Ferrari. But, of course, uh, what is it? Uh, Carlos Sainz's engine blows up. In epic fashion, and its car goes aflame. Uh, So, that Ferrari is pretty cheap um, if you really are looking for one. Uh, Lewis Hamilton gets another podium. Mercedes gets third and fourth. So, maximizing points with their uh, car that is definitely only the third best car on the grid. And when it's in traffic, even worse, um, as you could see by the uh, sprint race. And um, we'll get into all the other um, talking points from the midfield and beyond in Formula One. Austin Hill gets the win in Xfinity. I mean, that that race is pretty mediocre. Um, not shocking. Huh? And the Truck Series, we'll get into that. Parker Kligerman gets his first win in five years. Henderson Motorsports, a team that's been involved in NASCAR for longer than I've been alive, uh, gets another victory. So it's a big deal for a very small effort there, beating the big dogs, beating a Cup Series team. And front row motorsports and the likely regular season champion in uh, Zane Smith. Um, I think he probably is a regular season champion, even based on the math. I don't think there's really any math that would work that he wouldn't be the regular season champion as long as he starts at Pocono here um, in a couple of weeks time. So uh, great battle between those two behind him. It was a lot of uh, argy bargy, as uh, Calvin Fish would say. Um, We'll get into all those things in NASCAR. The roundup, busy roundup, great weekend for the Americans, or at least on Saturday for the Americans in Formula 2 and Formula 3 at Austria. Logan Sargent did carry uh, it through and made a comeback on Sunday in the feature race in Formula 2. We'll get into the World Endurance Championship at Monza, seeing Alpine get another victory uh, in the... In the hypercar class, you know all women Iron Dames team getting their first pole in GT uh, Pro or GTM and then also getting on the podium. Supercars at Townsville, Extreme at Sardinia, which saw Ganassi racing with sexy Sarah Price and Kyle Leduc finally get their first win. Uh, second race didn't work out so well for them. And Rossberg's team wins, which, you know, it seems to be the norm uh, if they don't cheat. Uh, SRX at Nashville Fairgrounds had uh, Uncle Bobby Labani going and getting his first win in 20, nearly 20 years uh, in major motorsport. A big win for him. Uh, interesting weekend. Marco Andretti is looking like he's going to be the champion if he can race this dirt these next two weeks well enough. He's going to take the title from his buddy, Tony Stewart. They'll be racing at I-55 Speedway in Peebley, Missouri, uh, Ken Schrader's track. And we'll get to see the legend himself, Kenny Schrader, on uh, on the telecast this weekend. So I'm um, looking forward to the interview that Willie T. Ribbs and Kenny Schrader are going to have not because Willie T. Ribbs is an interviewer, because we've already seen he's not much of one, but just to see the how two of the two great people, two of the great characters the sport has ever seen, um, just shooting the the crap together. Uh, this coming weekend, we're going to have World Superbikes at Donington, uh, IMSA GT will be at Lime Rock, and uh, Formula E will be racing in Brooklyn uh, first, and then so a lot of Northeast action here coming up. Uh, We have Formula E this weekend, the next weekend, of course, Pocono. I mean, we also have New Hampshire this coming weekend for Cup and Xfinity, but we have Pocono the following weekend. And then um, IndyCar at Toronto. We'll preview that, New Hampshire Cup and Xfinity. So let's get started here. Um, Charles Leclerc gets the win. I mean, Verstappen qualified on pole on Friday, won the sprint, but it was close. Ferraris were able to stay within reason during the sprint, but really weren't able to do much of anything with Verstappen. Whether that was by choice or by some other reason is to be determined later, I guess. Uh, in in the In the sense of what happened in the Formula One, I mean, the bigger story of the weekend. I'd be remiss. I don't want to. I, I just saw something, as I'm going through all the results and going through things, the harassment uh, of towards female fans. Um, that took place at Austria this weekend, which is horrendous. Um, whether they're fans of a certain driver, whether it's Lewis Hamilton, or maybe they look uh, the their appearance is different. The harassment and the um, abuse and the general weak response by uh, Formula One itself and by Red Bull, amongst others uh speaks to a lot speaks a lot to what's wrong with the sport. I mean they talk about we race as one and they purport Red Bull and all this and it's like, yeah, you race as one for whatever puts you over, um, whatever works towards your bottom line. Uh, but you are willing to go and take fans and make fans uncomfortable and put them in a place where they're not going to want to come back again. It already costs an arm and a leg to go to a Formula One race, but if you're going to make people feel uncomfortable or feel like they're not wanted, uh, you're losing people, honestly. You're losing fans and you're losing cap you, an audience that wants to be involved, and it offends me to the core It's kind of why I haven't went to NASCAR races for a while because of, you know, the LCD. And it's like, well, you, there's not really, there's really a long shot that you'll run into them, but it's like, you're going to run into it un unintentionally. Now that's, it's beside the point, I guess it's neither here nor there, Josh, but, uh, Charles Leclerc going and getting the win on Sunday. Ferrari had the pace. Um, initially Red Bull was out there with Verstappen, um, George Russell and, and um, Sergio Perez had contact, turn four, lap one. I'm of the argument that it's lap one of the race. The Red Bulls are definitely a better car. Perez didn't have to crowd um, George Russell that much. Um, it was proven later by by Sebastian Vettel basically giving a whole cars with to Pierre Gasly, and Pierre Gasly cleaned him out like Ross Chastain. Um their room was there. It's early. It's a race where that car would have probably been able to do something. And the way that Max Verstappen's car was acting, as a possibility he could have gained on Max Verstappen there. He wasn't thinking about points there. He was just thinking about defending, and he cost himself there. Um, there's going to be plenty of Red Bull fans or plenty of people who say that George ran into him intentionally. George Russell isn't that kind of guy, So, um, and neither is the other driver that drives a Mercedes, but you don't don't ask uh, segments of that population uh, what they think. Uh, but Leclerc gets the lead, has to pass Verstappen multiple times over, and then his car almost fails. At the same time, we talked about how Sir Carlos Sainz's car fails while he was about to pass Max Verstappen for second, uh, which was horrendous, and the response by the safety crew was not very good. So the amount of destruction that took place is probably going to cost Carlos Sainz later in the season. Uh, In all of this, Charles Leclerc gets his victory, gets the victory in the um, Austrian Grand Prix, his first win since Melbourne early April. So it's been nearly three months, or it's been three months since his last win, and it's been two months since his last podium, as you said, in Miami. So long, dry spell for Charles Leclerc, uh, but he gets through. Gets the win by one point five three seconds over Verstappen. Man, Lewis Hamilton was uh, in a different zip code, nearly 59 seconds behind, or 41 seconds behind in third. George Russell, fourth, and Esteban Ocon, the last car on the lead lap, in fifth. Mick Schumacher was the driver of the day, gets his best career finish in sixth. Lando Norris, 7th, Kevin Magnussen, 8th, Daniel Ricciardo, ninth, and Fernando Alonso, 10th. So uh, Alpine, Haas, and McLaren all get double points finishes along with Mercedes, um, while the Ferrari and Red Bull teams only have one car finish uh, here um, yesterday. So uh, Josh, let's uh, get your thoughts here. A lot to dive into in regards to what took place this past weekend at uh, Austria in the Austrian Grand Prix.
1: I mean, you know, with the the sprint race starting out with that, I think um, you know, the uh Max Verstappen, you know, won won the pole and won the sprint race, but um Leclerc had a chance to take the win in the sprint race and um he, he definitely had the pace to do it, but you know, for whatever reason, I guess Ferrari uh didn't allow him to you know make the charge to Take the win in the sprint race. So right there, you kind of saw the pace uh, from Verstappen from uh, Leclerc as well. So there there's that. And then of course the beginning of the race, um, concerning first concerning uh, Leclerc and Verstappen. Um, I mean they were able to stay relatively close for the most part. But um, you know with Verstappen he didn't have uh, look like t- good tire wear. Uh, the, it looked like the front end wasn't holding up uh, too well after about 10 laps or so and started losing the front end. And that allowed uh, Charles Leclerc to go in and uh, take the lead eventually and basically take control of the race. And that really opened up the strategy for Ferrari because they didn't really have to worry about um, going on a one-strap strategy or trying to uh, d- defer on their strategy in order to beat, beat uh, Red Bull. They just had to basically make sure they could outrun for uh Red Bull, and they were able to do that. So uh, th- they didn't have to worry about anything else. They had enough pace where just, you know, go and run as many fast laps as you can and win the race, and that's exactly what they did. You know, of course, they had some issues at the end, the throttle for Charles Leclerc. Uh, I guess there was an issues of having 20 to 30% throttle in the middle of the corner while you're braking, which is definitely tough because it makes, you know, th- th- decelerating hard and um you're not able to uh hit your apex uh the way you want it to and that sort of thing uh, and definitely maybe put a little bit of extra wear onto the tires as well uh so there was some issues there uh but of course red bull i mean they had they had some pace like after uh you know on, on new tires but you know after that uh you know they just didn't have quite the speed that the ferraris didn't um they weren 't able to keep up with him like that, especially for Verstappen, um, there so yeah that's uh basically how that race went i mean i don 't think that's how uh, Ferrari or Red Bull probably going into this weekend foresaw I mean of course home track for Red Bull racing and everything, and of course, you know they have all their fans there, the orange fans and uh, whatnot, so you know they want to see uh the they want to see their team win and you know Verstappen or Sergio Perez and didn't happen this weekend and I mean Verstappen able to salvage get a podium in second place but um, you expect a little bit different than that uh, at the home racetrack for the team uh, so I don't know I guess this weekend Christian Horner didn't find the lucky toilet that he usually finds at these uh, circuits uh, as of late so probably probably didn't work out for him but that's you know at least uh we could see a different team win this week for sure in uh Ferrari and welcome change onto that so uh on that term that's a good thing and then of course um Lewis Hamilton Mercedes they both crashed in in uh qualifying originally and that was uh, pretty dramatic you know that's the other dramatic part uh, of the weekend for the top 3 teams so yeah uh, you know, I think with uh Lewis and George Russell I think you know, after their you know, after they both had incidents on, on Friday, there's uh, not really a good, you know, start to the weekend and, you know, makes you think that uh, things aren't going to go well that weekend. But, you know, eventually they did, and he's able to get out a, a podium finish. So a little bit of consistency there for Lewis Hamilton, and, he's you know, he's able to uh, continue to slowly charge, you know, towards the um, – front of the standings you know obviously it's going to take a while to and it's going to take a lot to be able to finish in the top 3 but you know eventually keep putting podiums you know by the end of the year maybe he'll get to the third possibly even second you know if uh things you know if if one of the teams like you know Verstappen is able to run away with it and the fight for the championship is left for second and on back then maybe uh, Lewis is able to get near that uh, by the end of the year uh, unless Mercedes goes on a you know a tear and starts winning races so we 'll see what happens there but um, you know from that end, I mean I thought it was a you know not a too dramatic Grand Prix itself, but you know you you saw the strategies you saw the pace difference between uh, Red Bull and Ferrari, and uh, you yeah, know that 's interesting enough for me to be able to kind of follow and be intrigued by uh, the racing there so um, you know I thought it was a Solid race overall for Austria, which I don't feel like normally we don't think of this track as a, you know, very exciting uh, race to watch. Uh, it's, you know, kind of a more of one of the uh, pace setting races where whoever takes the lead and ends up uh, leading the majority of the race. But, you know, this one, there was uh, some changes in, uh you know, between the leaders and Ferrari and, and Red Bull there. And then I think, uh, you know, one other thing you have to mention with this is, of course, the incident with uh George Russell, Sergio Perez and first lap and yeah I mean I think it's just a situation of uh you know cutting the corner too close like you know we see we see this in uh, other series the driver on the outside uh takes a different angle into the corner and ends up uh cutting off the driver uh he's beside to right in front of and uh spins out so uh basically yeah ruined the race for Sergio Perez um don't think it's anyone's fault really i think you know just a racing incident there and george russell continues on and they gave him a five second penalty and which he ha- ended up taking on the pit stop so yeah that was uh unfortunate for for them but you know they they were able to uh recover from that and finish in fourth so uh, another solid finish for george russell here uh in this season so you know a lot of a lot of things happened in this race but um you know i, I I think at the end of the day, this was definitely a you know very solid Grand Prix to watch.
0: Yeah, plenty of stuff that went on during the weekend. I mean, uh, you, know, you can give or take in regards to the George Russell, uh, Sergio Perez thing. When it comes to Sergio Perez's uh, point-standing situation, uh, he lost out big because Leclerc was able to overtake him in the World Championship prior to this uh, weekend. Sergio Perez was ahead of him. Um, right now it's 40 points separating second through fifth, and then you add another 15 points to that. So 55 points separate the second through sixth in the world championship right now, while uh, Max Verstappen is a 37 point lead on, uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, Verstappen has eight podiums and six of them are wins. Uh, Charles Leclerc has five podiums. Three of them are wins. Leclerc is 6 poles, the Max Verstappen's 3 so far. Um the um average finish is about a position difference between Max ahead uh, of Charles and it's point, uh, point 8 on the average start point 9 on the average finish. So it basically says those are the two best drivers right now um this season in Formula 1. Um the second best or uh, the average finish the two people that split the Verstappen Leclerc duo is uh the Mercedes duo uh but they're the clear third best qualifying team but they're the they're right in the mix in regards to finishes um only Russell because of the first lap incident at the British Grand Prix they'd have a perfect finishing record uh so in that sense they're in a good place um seven podium finishes amongst the two mercedes drivers um you know and so that's uh that's something to see as josh mentioned in regards to mercedes and what they develop uh as the season goes on Uh, two weeks time they'll be at paul ricard and they'll be running at hungary which is one of lewis's best racetracks um won so many times there has his first race win for Mercedes was at Hungary and pole for Mercedes was at Hungary in 2013. Um, the lack of straight line speed issues that Mercedes seemed to have and the aero, um, whatever, in regards to that too, um, won't be as much of a problem as it may be at Ricard, but that's something we will uh, see. Um, we discussed this also. I made a, a hit on the grid talk podcast. So, Check out Formula One Grid Talk or on YouTube and all all different social media, F1 Chronicle. Uh, We went over this race in great detail. Um, Also did a preview hit for the last uh, weekend's race uh, or yesterday's race at uh, Austria as well. So um, plenty of great people over there want to go and listen to that. We've had George, we've had Tom, who hosted yesterday actually the Monkey Seed podcast um, and then got ratioed. Uh, on social media in regards to, um, safety, <laughs> um, from Scott McLaughlin of all people. So that was something, but, um, and other IndyCar car, um, die hard, So there is that, um, went through the points there. Um, I think the last thing we should go into Alpine and Mer- McLaren right now are tied in constructors championship points. Uh, Norris of course, uh, is the highest. Placed overall in driver points, he has 64. But Ocon is in eighth, Alonso's in tenth, and of course uh, Ricardo has struggled all year; he's in 12th. So they're tied in um, constructors' uh, standings points, Sir Josh, and um, it's something where you look at the productivity of um, of Daniel Ricardo on at a time where um, Colton Herta is going to be testing at Portimao. This week for McLaren, uh, what is it? Paddle Award has been quoted as saying he hasn't heard anything from his owner, Zach Brown, in regards to testing. And um, he's focused on IndyCar at the moment. But it sounds like McLaren is looking at their options for who is going to replace Daniel Ricciardo. So you would think that a performance like uh, yesterday where Ricciardo came from 11th, finished 9th, is a positive, but is it enough eventually for them to be able to take that step above Alpine, um, who seemingly has shown for more or less, they're the fourth or fifth best car on the grid for a lot of the season. Um, they're more consistent seemingly than a lot of the other teams like Alfa Romeo, perhaps. Um, and I think that's the other one that would be there or Haas. So, um, Thoughts on that right now in regards to we have a couple weeks' time getting into the next couple of races before the summer break. That battle for the constructors, I think, is going to be one that's going to go all the way to the wire because of how tight it really is. Alfa Romeo is way back, 30 points behind, and then they have a gap on their other Ferrari teammate in Haas. Haas, Alfa Tori, and Aston Martin are all kind of in their own race together. So, um, yeah, talk about McLaren, Alpine, and anything else you took away from the race uh, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with McLaren and Alpine, I think first off with McLaren in regards to Daniel Ricciardo uh, in the sprint race on Friday, it seemed like Ricciardo had a faster car than, uh, he was faster than Lando Norris. And, like, he asked if it was okay to pass from, the, you know, radio to the team. And they said, basically, they said, stand by like, you know, well, let, let us check or something. I don't have the exact quote. I saw it on F1 Reddit uh, over the weekend. And, you know, basically they gave him a non answer and kind of left him wondering uh, about that and, you know, behind the wheel. And um, then on Sunday, uh, I think he was initially faster uh, than Lando Norris. And then I think he fell back to like 14th place or 15th place during the uh, r- event, I think. Due to pit stops or otherwise, and then I was able to get up to ninth place, finishing the points. I'll I'll be at a lap down uh, there. So um, yeah, and then you mentioned the testing with uh, Colton Herta this week at Portimao. I mean, it it really uh, it seems like they aren't really handling the situation well as a team. Uh, I think you know Daniel Ricciardo is trying to prove himself, but not really giving him the opportunity kind of maybe on the side of sabotage. I don't know. Not not gonna accuse anything, but you know, it that's what it looks like, uh, kind of. And then you have Lando on the other side who's clearly their number one guy. So it's um it's a interesting team dynamic and um does show the re- reason why this is relevant is to show the teams i guess uh preparation their you know level of competency and uh that could show up later in the season uh when points will be on the line and give themselves a a sign of weakness uh trying to defend their position against uh Alpine or other teams that they may come into battle with across the the points uh team the constructor points championship so uh, that's something to consider as we go later on, not just solely the focus on Daniel Ricciardo's, uh, you know, future in the sport and on the team, but, you know, just the the way that they're going about the situation uh, and everything. So something to consider there. And then, um, you know, I, I think for Alpine, uh, clearly they've uh, found something with Espan Ocon this weekend. You know, they, uh ran pretty well. They had good pace. Uh, they're, you know, running up there, uh, especially at the beginning of the race with, uh, Lewis Hamilton and, uh, George Russell. They're kind of in that group, uh, with, yeah, I think it was Ocon, Hamilton, George Russell, uh, not, not, not Russell, but yeah, I think, uh, Mick Schumacher was in this group as well. Kevin and Magnuson, they were all kind of racing together, uh, within a couple of car lengths, a couple, you know, tenths of each other. That was really good piece of racing there but you know they're starting to have some pace uh with Esteban uh and I think Fernando is also in that same category as well just um finished uh you know a lap down lower than uh and lower on the grid than uh Esteban but you know clearly they've they've found something in some of these uh courses that we've uh the series has gone to so far this year and um I think they probably do have an edge uh over uh, McLaren they you know they just have to make sure that both Fernando and Esteban are able to finish on the lead lap and, you know, maximize their point strategy. You know, we've seen them in the past, like at uh, Canada, you know, they had the uh, divergence in strategy and that kind of cost themselves points at the end. Uh, uh, unlike some of the other teams, they didn't maximize um, their points because they went on alternate piss strategy and didn't work out. So uh, I think if, you know, they continue to have good pace and they just execute on the strategy, I think they'll probably end up being better than uh, McLaren uh, in the end there. So we'll see what happens. But I lean towards Alpine in this situation uh, specifically. So um, I think, yeah, and then also talk about McSchumacher, second race in a row, uh, finishing in the points, uh, finishing in sixth place. Teammate Kevin Magnussen finishing eighth. So uh, Haas F1, uh, you know, finally figuring it out on the weekend. They both cars managed to finish in the points. Uh the first time in a long time that we've ever seen that in this, uh, you know, since they've been in F1. So it's a, finally a you know a good result for uh, both of those uh, cars and that team as a whole. You know, something to actually have on a positive note there. Uh, so I, I think, you know, for me, you know, this is, again, it was a, Pretty interesting weekend for uh, F one, and you know, definitely, definitely a lot of things that happened that we didn't expect in this race.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Haas pace is something that's good to see. Uh, their one upgrade, it sounds like they're going to make this year is coming at Paul Ricard. Uh, so if it does uh, work in a in a positive way, maybe they can go and compete against. Alfa Romeo for sixth in the Constructors' Championship and separate themselves from uh, those bottom three, which is Aston, or bottom four, it looks like, you know, like Aston Martin, um, Alfa uh, uh why am I blanking? Uh, just give me a second here. Yeah, Aston Martin, Alfa Williams, and, um, yeah, Aston Martin, Alfa and Williams. Yeah, there you go uh that would because alpha Tori is not doing well this year at all they're right now haas uh, is up by seven points on them pierre gasly it looks like a step back and it may not be about him really i think the car is not good uh, they've done a terrible job this year um yuki Sonoda is driving over his head and i don't really know why he's driving over his head it's not like he's really gonna get replaced they're I have a hard time seeing anyone coming in from the Red Bull Junior program. They're touted. Um, their uh, junior program. There's nobody in Formula 2 or Formula 3 that looks ready or looks capable, any more capable than freaking Yuki Tsunoda, who's probably rushed up anyway. Um, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind Jack Crawford being in that car or Jan or, or Jay because of my personal. You know national biases, but they they're powered by a Honda power plant, and they have no matter what the hell they call it, and they have a Jap driver in there. Even and he's a nice and he's a nice kid. He looks like he's about fourteen years old. He drives like Takuma Sato. So you know they're not really going to do anything about it. It's like you're either going to have Japanese drivers that are slower than death, like King Hero, or you're going to have Takuma Sato. Problem is for Takuma Sato, he figured out like racecraft like when he was like 40 uh or whatever the hell 38 or 40 whatever um they're not gonna give uh Yuki Tsunoda that much time but I don't think he's gonna get replaced but he drives through his own teammate drives through other people um yeah. Gasly drove through Sebastian Vettel so for Haas I think they're looking good. Mick has a ton of confidence. Al Romeo probably gave away a point or two possibly uh this weekend but I would think that Paul Ricard would fit them better. Uh, Hungary is a great track for uh, Valtteri Bottas. I mean, it's crazy since Valtteri Bottas is probably one of his two of his one of two best tracks that he has, other than Mo- Mother Russia on the calendar. Is Austria? He's done great there. He's qualified on pole there. Um, he's qualified great there when he was at Williams too, prior to getting to Mercedes. So, all well, that being said, we'll um, definitely get into. What we're thinking next week uh, for Paul Rickard uh, on the next episode, episode 124 of the Ripstrip podcast, on all things Formula One that are going on. So, yeah, Josh, uh, William Clyde Elliott II gets his uh, league leading third win of the season at the Quaker State 400 at Atlanta Motor Speedway, joining his legendary father, William Clyde Elliott, the first otherwise known as awesome bill elliott awesome bill from dawsonville as a winner from the state of georgia at atlanta motor speedway great weekend for georgia drivers or at least people initially from georgia since i think they relocated to denver colorado for a good part of his life but Clyde gets the win jeffy was there to celebrate uh jeffy did the interview with kyle and and mr the king talking about the last race of mr the king's career and jeffy's first race oh interesting weekend there that was the old 24 car so clyde gets maximum points wins both stages wins the race uh, great points day for him uh, continues to add to his overall uh points lead uh first he's got three wins so he's obviously um the uh runaway uh points leader he's got what a 47-point lead overall in the standings over Ryan Bellini. And um, 50 on Ross Chastain, who is um, second in points in regards to the playoff standings. But we'll get into him in a minute. Um, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, uh, top to Austin, Sindrick, the Daytona 500 Champion, gets a third-place finish. Eric Jones, another great super speedway run for him, finishes fourth after starting 25th. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Daniel Suarez, sixth. Justin Haley, seventh. Eric Almirola, eighth. Cole Custer, ninth. Harrison Burton, um, I think that's his first top ten of his Cup Series career, so uh, congratulations to Harrison um, driving the Ecosia Freightliner uh, Ford for the Wood Brothers. Uh, Martin Truex, just outside of the top 10, got into it with uh, Ross um, Harvick, 12th at what used to be one of his best racetracks. Uh, Kyle Larson was up front, got involved in one, I think, in that Truex wreck. Uh, finished 13th, Bubber Wallace got um, wrecked by Garrett Smithley because Garrett Smithley sucks. Um, finished 14th, McDowell was in that one of them wrecks. Uh, Briscoe had a nondescript uh, Weekend finished 16th. Todd Gilland had a car, it looked like, at times, uh, yesterday, along with Brad Keselowski, um, but wrecks happened to them as well. Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch was involved with the other Kyle. Uh, But Corey LaJoy. So let's let's take it from here, Josh. Uh, Corey LaJoy, probably the best chance he's ever had to win a Cup Series race. The best car he's probably had in a NASCAR Major 3 event. Uh, ever. I remember him winning at our Ar- winning Arca at Pocono and covering that race. What is it about eight, nine years ago? Something like that. And, um, he was an up and comer at that point. He was kind of a little bit behind some of these other guys like Clyde and whoever. But, you know, yesterday was Spire's, you know, greatest moment. It almost was. And it almost flipped the whole entire playoff grid on its lid. But in the end, the chosen one, uh, the most popular driver, the one all the inbreds love, um, the Pinkett salesman himself with the personality of cardboard. William Clyde Elliott II gets the win. He had juked um, Corey LaJoy, who tried to make a run on the outside, and Corey LaJoy hit the fence to defend. Uh, His fan base got butthurt when Kyle Larson did a similar thing to him. Uh, at uh, California Speedway. So whatever. I guess what's fair and love and war. But when it's Clyde, it's okay. Um, if somebody does it to him, it's bad. It's kind of like what Denny Hamlin thinks about when anybody races him. Tough, but um, he gets butthurt about it. But then him and Ross Chastain have a little bit of history and. I mean, I guess if you're getting into it with Joe Gibbs Racing drivers, it's par for the course because they all line. I think it's a it's a byproduct of being at Joe Gibbs Racing. You have to be an ass. You have to be a butthurt asshole. And I say that as a Tony Stewart fan.
1: Um, yeah, but that was before Toyota.
0: They, yeah, the they all Toyota being like thing. That after yeah, Toyota. they became they, they. It's even worse. People always accuse Tony of that, but it's like you know what? Um, it's become worse. Uh, but it's a Toyota thing. But I get you on that. So. Let's talk about Clyde getting that third win, essentially putting himself in a great position to win the regular season points championship, and it goes towards that whole narrative after last year when Kyle Larson dominated and destroyed, won ten races, won the championship. People were talking about, oh, it's oh, there's this little thing, oh, you know, who's the lead dog at Hendrick motorsports? Well, Clyde is like, I was the champion the year before." And I went and won the last two races of that season. I'm driving the 24 car. The owner is really Jeff Gordon. I'm the most popular driver. I'm the merch guy. I'm all this, whatever. I'm trying to take this thing over. And if this, if when you talk about a car that probably suits Clyde, this car and the way it is, talk about the road courses and what this suits William Clyde Elliott, he's won at Dover uh, for the first win, Um, the second win is, um, I'm blanking on where he won his second race, but he had a chance at Richmond too, uh, this year. Um, but of course he wins here at Atlanta wins at home. And, um, I mean, that's, that's a big win in that spot. I think it was Kansas won at right? Nashville
1: a couple of weeks or ago,
0: Nashville. There you go. Yeah. Nashville a couple of weeks ago, my fault. So good. Uh, thank you for that. So yeah. So Nashville concrete one and a third mile track, you win at the mile concrete on at at Dover, high banked, and then you win super speedway type race at a 1.5 mile track at Atlanta. Was was finished second at at uh, Road America, which is everyone know talks about him as Road Course King. Clyde's on a championship trajectory at the moment, and he's giving himself a cushion um, in points. But Corey LaJoy made him sweat for that one for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean. Corey LaJoy made him sweat, and you know, he was able, Chase Elliott was able to take the lead with like two laps to go on the outside against Corey LaJoy. There was really no stopping the run, you know, Corey couldn't really do anything to stop it. And uh, last lap, Corey's got a run uh, on the outside push from Ross Chastain, uh, and he was able to get to the outside, but then, you know, Chase went up and blocked him there, so it's a it's a you know interesting situation there for uh, Spire because people forget that they had actually already won in Daytona a few years ago the rain delayed uh, race uh, in Daytona which ended up being the last Fourth of July race in Daytona so uh, I mean you have that uh, happening and uh, then you know this on Sunday it's a uh, as close as a real victory that they've ever you know, been, uh, been to. So, uh, you know, one end it's like shows how, just how close and then also, uh, you know, just how far away it can be. It's literally, you know, go back to the wide world of sports, the, uh, agony of, or the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all ro- uh, wrapped up into one. So, you know, you have that, uh, there. And I, I think for Corey LaJoy, I feel like the move should have been to fake to the outside and then go to the bottom. Because you carry the momentum down into the corner, uh, you know, down into the into the banking rather than onto it. Because um, you know, if you uh, if you have the run on the, uh, you fake to the inside and then go back to the outside. You have to keep the momentum to go go to the outside, and uh, you know, you have to have a lot more than what he was. He had to go up against Chase Elliott in the middle of turn one and two, and he got blocked like that. Uh, so I feel like the way. The speed was going into the corner. If you kind of look at the tape, uh, if you just fake to the outside, then go dive down to the middle or to the low low side bottom of the track in turn one, probably have a, a little bit more uh, speed right there to do that and get get to his door uh, for Chase Elliott. Get to the quarter panel, or you know, they both touch, crash in turn one, and take out the field uh, kind of thing. So that's how I felt about. Uh, that finish. I think that's the only thing you would have done differently. It's just the opposite of what he did uh, there. So, yeah, I mean, Corey LaJoy made him work for it, of course, uh, the last lap. And then, uh, you know, Chase Elliott goes out and wins the race and uh, the sirene, whatever that is, uh, I've never heard it pronounced like that. I had yeah, to they've been that. talking
0: about that like for the word. last few years. Yeah. yeah. They've been talking about it for the last few years ever since um, well,
1: no, Chase game
0: Came along and is oh, it's a siren. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I hear well, you.
1: yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, well, I mean, today's the first time I've ever heard it pronounced the siren, or not today, Sunday. And I feel, I mean, yeah, of course, I've known about it. Everybody's known about it for years. The the Dawsonville pool room thing, but I've never heard the word pronounced siren. I've just heard siren. Like, the hell is that? But and they they really they really put an emphasis on on making that pronunciation. Uh, NBC did and uh, it's like saw some comment on on the internet like Fox missed all the details and then NBC uh, hyper focuses on one detail and you know that's just one example of that right there but I mean yeah that was annoying but Chase Elliott goes out and wins gets his third victory of the year and you know shows that yeah he's the points leader he's the guy right now and uh, you know at the beginning or like a couple weeks ago before the Nashville victory wouldn't have really thought of chase lady as actually a strong championship container, just more of a result of the volatility that we've seen in, in this series. Uh, So far this year, it just happened to be the best uh, on, not the best, but just the one who just managed to happen to be on top of the championship standings. And that would probably change as we go on and uh, you know, things continue to go, you know, throughout the season with uh, points and, Different swings, uh, you know, between drivers and stuff uh, throughout, you know, all these races and that things that we've saw at the beginning of the year. But it seems like now Chase Elliott has uh, figured something out. The nine team they figured something out with this new car uh, last couple of weeks, of course, For whatever reason uh, after the rain in Nashville. The car came alive, and they won uh, there. And then last week, they had the race in the bag until Tyler Reddick came along and uh, basically uh, stole, uh, you know, took the victory from them. And then this race, where uh, they just made the right—they they had a good car and they they made the right move at the end to win the race. Uh, so, you know, Chase was able to uh, do that. So, credit to the nine team there. Uh, but uh, I think you know the other takeaway from this race, of course, is uh, Ross Chastain. And, you know, the stuff that went on, I mean, I'll let you talk about it in a minute, but, you know, he got into it with uh, Martin Truex, you know, started the first big wreck, uh, just pushed too hard on the rear bumper, Truex spun him out, and then took out Austin Dillon, and then later on, uh, I guess he chased it up the hill off of turn four, got into the left rear quarter panel, uh, Danny Hamlin spun out Danny uh, there, and then Danny says he's had enough and everything, and uh, he's reached his... uh, you know, breaking point or whatever with, uh, Ross Chastain. And I mean, I personally don't think Ross Chastain doing anything wrong. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he should keep doing what he's doing and just, uh, not wreck people. You know, that's, that's all you gotta do. Just don't wreck people and you're good and just race hard. Uh, you know, you say Ernie Irvin, but I mean, to me, it's just, you know, like Brad Keselowski in 2009, 2010, uh, in the nationwide series it was running people too hard. I mean, even all the way up to his first cup championship, remember Tony Stewart said he had a death wish at Texas for racing too hard. And then, you know, all the other people lost their minds. Cousin Carl put him in the fence in Atlanta. Uh, Jeff Gordon put uh, Clint Boyer in the fence. And that was, you know, because no, Texas yeah Texas well, at
0: in 14 was one where yeah. He, he yeah he went and lost his mind on Brad yeah that when one Brad too. made a clean when Brad's move was justified um,
1: he, yeah I, I know that but I'm talking about like or I say Jeff and Clint Boyer because that was also the press conference where Brad Keselowski uh, said he was tired of all the bullshit be um, people were throwing at him you know for having a death wish racing when you know you have champions like jeff gordon going out and losing it and you know physically destroying the race cars of other teams and stuff like that you know carl edwards who never won a cup championship went and flipped uh you know keselowski in the air and then hooked him in the right rear on the straightaway at gateway later in the year i watched those videos recently that's also why i kind of bring that up but Danny's not capable of doing any of those things um and you know he wants to be michael jordan so badly you know michael uh you know, I learned most of his career watching the last dance, but, you know, Michael was able to get in people's heads and he knew when to turn it on and, and how to, uh, you know, defeat other players on other teams, uh, you know, while he's playing on the bulls and yeah, Danny wants to be like that, but he'll never be like that. So, uh, he doesn't have the capabilities just a, you know, he's just a choker. So he, he's a cool guy or whatever, like gets all the clout and stuff, but end of the day, he's just you know, not going to be able to deliver on the message. And, you know, he's going to try to wreck Ross Chastain or whatever, or, or deliver something, but probably won't follow through. I mean, go back to 2008 uh, when he was going in, you know, 2009 with uh, Brad Keselowski and he was like, so sure of Brad Keselowski never making it into the cup series. And Brad Keselowski made it into the cup series and won a championship. Uh, and I think in you his know, third and
0: he, year yeah. in Alaska.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Denny spun him out at Homestead off of turn four 2009. Uh, but other than that, you know, Denny's all, it's all just been, you know, talk and everything. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but you know, that that's what this rivalry, I guess, reminds me of is Denny versus Brad Keselowski and, uh, you know, back 10 years ago and 12 years ago, uh, back in those days. But you know, I think Ross Chastain just don't wreck people and just keep racing people hard. Uh, in my mind, no such thing as racing people too hard, uh, you know. So, especially with the way that that cup is now, I mean, you may as well, you may as well like race as hard as you can, and you know, just don't wreck people.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I give you credit on that. I, uh, it's that's going for honest to God, like that's one of the hottest takes we've had out of you here on this show. So, and you're very committed to that. So, I'm glad, um, personally. I mean, to me, I'm an Ernie Irvin guy, so I, my two favorite drivers when I first started in this sport were Davey and Ernie, and I was a young kid, so all you assholes and going to say, how can you like a Ford and a Chevy driver? I'm like, I just liked how they looked, the cars looked. It just also helped that they were both good cars, and they both ran up front a lot. Um, As I've gone along in my fandom and learned more about both of them, and then, of course, the unfortunate tragedy that took place that saw Davy Davey one, not win the championship in 92 and then die uh, in the helicopter crash um, months later, and Ernie taking his ride because Ford wanted him and Robert Yates wanted him, um, and then all that happened to him and his life and everything that's gone on, um, Ernie was rough around the edges. He had driven for DK Ulrich in Cup uh, for a couple of years. They ran out of money. Prior to that, I think Dale Earnhardt funded him to run with Mark Reno for about four races. He crashed a couple times, fell out once, whatever. He ran for Junie Levy, and then um, Phil Parsons got let go, which came up on the DJD recently. Um, and Ernie took over the Morgan McClure four-car. And that's when the Morgan McClure 4 car became a thing. They were in the sport for years. But Then Ernie drove that car in the Kodak Films Oldsmobile back in the day, and they became a thing. Now, of course, he also destroyed a lot of people and cars and things, um, basically ended Neil Bonnet's career, um, had to get to the point where he had to apologize to everybody in front of the, uh, the driver's meeting um, after triggering multiple wrecks. In this day and age, people talk on social media. people sit in front of the t v interviews and whatever. Josh is right about Danny Hamlin he's all talk and no no you know uh he's he's the he's the opposite of a finisher it's it's hilarious that he's with Michael Jordan as a partner because he's the opposite of Michael Jordan in so many ways um unless it's a power it's a pile of powder in front of him but um The fact of the matter is, if Denny wants to run him over, the fact is he needs to figure out a way to make it look good. Because if he doesn't make it look good, he's going to get a penalty, you know? Um, And the way that social media is and all that. Like, the fact of the matter is, you should firewall if he's so, so. Incensed by Ross Chastain, he has to firewall Ross Chastain at Daytona, just for ex- an example.
1: I mean, he needs to fire- firewall. Have to do it.
0: Yeah, he has to firewall him at Pocono, going into Turn One, as an example. You know, like you, you need to firewall and destroy their equipment. Like that's the only way that it really hurts the team because Ross Chastain is always gonna be aggressive. God bless him. He came from driving and Park third-rate equipment. Denny Hamlin has never had bad equipment his whole career. Most of these sons of bitches have never had bad equipment their whole career. Ross Chastain drove absolute dog crap for the majority of his career in all three series. It took getting into a freaking Ganassi car in Xfinity, and he, he went and did work. Then he jumps in that Nice truck, and all of a sudden, they take they skyrocket. He drove for Brad, but nobody really remembers that. Everybody talks about all these. Like, you think about all these guys that won their first race this year and all these people connected. We're going to talk about another one. They all drove for Brad Keselowski. So the guy has horse teeth and he's kind of a moron in terms of some of his takes politically, but he knew how to get talent. Ross wasn't winning in that equipment, duh, winning. And he wasn't w- winning in that equipment, but he was up front doing something. But he didn't know what to do with it back whatever, five, six, however many years ago it was 70, he didn't know what to do with that. Now he's in that spot and he's running hard. It is like Ernie. And you know what? Ernie figured it out. And Ernie also was a championship contender. He won the Daytona 500, finished top five in points in 1991. 92 was a rough year. They had a lot of uh rougher year because it was really a year for Fords. 93, they had a lot of mechanical issues which was one of the reasons why he went to Robby Yates racing in the 28 car um to be the replacement and from that point when he took over that 28 car in September of 93 till his un, you know the accident that almost killed him he was the best driver in the sport bar none he was going to win the 1994 NASCAR Winston Cup championship. Uh, no matter what Earnhardt fans want to take, and I we don't have that many listeners, so I can go and make that hot take. He was going to win the ninety four NASCAR Winston Cup championship. He was better than Dale Earnhardt that year. Um, bullshit happened to him. So many races. He won three races. Should have won like eight. Should have won the Brickyard, uh, Watkins Glen. I can name, I can list races that Ernie should have won that year. Daytona, the 500. The two races, Jimmy Spencer won with the cheated-up engine. The two of two wins that Jimmy Spencer has—that why he has an existence in the world—they did with a cheated-up car in the the month of nine, July '94. Because Junior Johnson knew he was going out of sport. That would be like six, seven wins. He'd add fucking Jeffy in a terrible porn stash and a f- ridiculous mullet. Uh, Ernie winning the first Brickyard 400 would be hist- It would be historic. But Ross Chastain's like that, and he has an owner that supports him, and Justin Marks, who almost stayed it off of a turn four in the truck race in mid-Ohio because his brakes failed. But um, it's a lot of talk, and if NASCAR really wants to handle this, they need to get them in the room. They need to get whoever it is, Ben Kennedy, Jim France, whatever, and have them sit there and have a discussion and tell them you're not as big of a big as the sport itself. Like the whole Dalen mm. Hart Jeff Bodine meeting with Rick Hendrick and Richard Childress. If Denny Hamlin wants to punch him in the face, which he probably won't, go and do it. You know, have them it's really about Denny Hamlin and and, and Ross Chastain. It's not Clyde's a Clyde's got no personality. He's he doesn't really have much of a pulse. Yeah, Martin Truex is about to leave the sport anyway. He's kind of an angry guy, whatever, so he goes out and jerks himself off at the at the lake. You know, like all these other people I want to be mad about, Ross Chastain, don't tell Daniel and his amigos about that. That would be a bad thing because you know they're going to go and bring uh, – I'm not going to go there. I, w- I had a bad, really racist, fucked up thing I was going to say, but I'm not because
1: oh. the oh. fact
0: is – the fact is, I'm not going to go down to the LCD level, which is what all the fan bases of people who don't like Ross Chastain are doing and what Max stopping fans He's do. got Pitbull. He can
1: let Pitbull do the talking.
0: <laughs> hey, guy ocho, you're going to go and mess with Pitbull? Come on, man. Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, you're going to mess with those white spandex pants and driving gloves? No, you're not. Get the fuck out of the way, Denny Hamlin. Get out of the way for Mr. 305. That's the thing. Let that watermelon slam on your head like Gallagher slammed it with a helmet. Go and eat that thing, bitch. Go back to Chesterfield, you horse-faced jackass. Fucking Baba Booey Jr., you are. Uh, Yeah, so um, getting into the points. Yeah, I mentioned the points already uh, briefly. Uh, cup Series going to New Hampshire this weekend has a... Uh, what is it? Uh, 47 point lead on Ryan Blaney. First to three wins this year. So there's 13, 13 drivers with a win. Um, if somebody can go and win at New Hampshire that hasn't won, like Martin Truex, one of his 86 home tracks, uh, you know, Christopher Bell, he's known for doing good on flat tracks. Harvick's won there. The defending race champions, Eric Almirola any of those guys can win there be 14 winners um, something we'll talk about here in a little bit austin hill gets a win in the xfinity series in the alsco uniforms to 50. the point standings uh we'll get the results first uh, austin hill over josh berry ryan truex in the 18 car finishes third tyler reddick in the 48 finishes fourth daniel hemrick had a chance uh, finished fifth. Noah Gagson, sixth. Landon Castle. I mean, Justin allgayer seventh. Landon Castle eighth. Riley Herbs ninth. AJ Allmendinger rounds out the top ten. Uh, really won a whole lot. I mean, you see what six, seven, eight, nine leaders. Ty Gibbs got involved in a wreck. Um, there was. I'm trying to see here which one that shows the 54. Um, it says accident for him. But um doesn't show number one, number twenty eight number nineteen, number seven, I don't see the um incident that says that he got an accident, probably hit the fence. Uh Brandon Brown actually ran really well uh this weekend uh as well, but didn't have anything to show for it after getting his car destroyed by Gagson at uh Road America the previous week. Austin Hill wins a stage, wins the race. At home, so Atlanta. Another guy who ran uh, the uh, quarter-mile track in the infield in his early days gets a victory at Atlanta Motor Speedway. The the point standings after uh, this win right now, Almaninger has a twenty-nine point lead overall uh, on Ty Gibbs, thirty points on Justin Allgaier. So it's three horse race at the moment for the overall uh points uh championship playoff points standing seed Ty Gibbs has four wins so he would have the uh I think it would be close uh, right now to be like four points if Almaninger wins the regular season um for the points lead going into the playoffs. Ty Gibbs has twenty three playoff points. He has an eight point or seven point lead on Noah Gagson and eight on all and Barry. All four, all five of the, the, or to, the top six now with Austin Hill have at least two wins this season. Um, Ty Gibbs, of course, has four. And then Brandon Jones has uh, one win this year. So getting into, I mean, there's 12 cars that make it. It's an 80-point gap between 12th and 13th. It's not really that dramatic. Uh, I have a hard time believing anybody really, I mean, Sheldon Creed, which is something we'll talk about here in a minute. Brandon Brown with Daytona coming up. Um, and some of these guys, all the our motorsports drivers, they're all outside of the playoff right now. Um, really, that that battle and then the road courses that are coming up might um, help with Myatt Snyder and Jeremy Clements. But to be honest, I think the playoff standings as we see them, I think the 12 play- drivers that are in The playoffs right now are going to make the playoffs. Uh, The Xfinity race there on Saturday was typical. Uh, People wait too long. Then they go and try to go for it. And then they all, you know, get into a circle jerk. That was essentially what happened. And Austin Hill gets a second win on a super speedway type race, Josh, on
1: Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty nondescript, uh, you know, race. um, Obviously, there's a lot that, you know, happened, you know, there was Lead changes. and Then you had, uh, at some points, you had the front of the field, the first four or five cars, get into their own pack, and they were seconds ahead of everyone else in the in the field. And then um, there was some moments there where uh, they ran into some lap traffic, and uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, there was, I think, there was a moment where A.J. Allmendinger fell two laps down and was trying to get his lap back. And they kept him a lap, two laps down. uh, But they eventually got his laps back and finished in 10th. So, bit of a recovery there. Uh, But, you know, Austin Hill was seemingly figured out super speedway racing when it comes to uh, this series. And he's figured out how to, you know, stay up front, run up front. Um, So, he was up there for most of the race. And then Josh Berry had a couple of opportunities to uh, go for the win, uh, take the lead. But, feel like you know josh Berry is not really a super speedway racer per se uh doesn't really have i would say he has the prowess to do it but uh you know he just that's not his uh style of racing you know he's obviously more of a short track racer and uh someone who needs uh throttle control uh to be able to get it done on the track um and that's where he's seen him most excel and you know this type of racing isn't his uh, f- uh flavors so um while he finished second, um, you know, it's going to be hard to envision him trying to go for a win at, and being able to follow through on, uh, winning at a super speedway or a mini super speedway like this, uh, racetrack at Atlanta. So, uh, overall, I mean, it was a, I mean, for the team, it was good, uh, in organization, good, good event, good race, uh, just now uh, no Gregson, both finishing the top 10. Uh, and then their other car, Sam Mayer. uh, was also in a crash. So, three out of four cars, solid weekend for Junior Motorsports. Uh, and then, you know, I th- think um, other teams like Ryan Truex, you know, limited run in the 18, uh, getting a, a top three finish, uh, good result for him. Don't know when he'll be back into that car, but uh, being able to finish that high and lead a couple of laps in the race is pretty good, uh, especially when you're still a young, relatively young guy. I mean, he's, uh, 30 now, so not really that, that young anymore, but being able to have that opportunity and race, uh, for a good team, like Joe Gibbs racing, uh, got to make the most of it. And, you know, so far, so far he has, so, uh, that's a good result for him. Uh, Sheldon Creed, you mentioned him, uh, spun out earlier in the race, uh, but managed to mix it up, you know, in, in the field later on, but then uh drifted back to twelfth at the end of the race. Uh so it you know shows shows, you know, you really have to maintain your position up front at, at these uh tracks at Daytona, Talladega and now uh, at Atlanta. Um but I I think you know overall uh you know this this race in the Xfinity series uh, a little bit different in the cup series, but, you know, still kind of the same deal is just a little bit more, uh, handling that's involved in this one. So a little bit different there, but yeah, I mean, overall, not, not really too much happened in this race. Um, you know, they didn't have, didn't have as many cautions as the cup race and the accidents that did happen. Uh, you know, there wasn't, uh, too big of a crash. The most, most, uh, cautions, uh, or incidents they had, uh, there was only two cars involved the last two cautions. So nothing, nothing that, um, you know, speaks out to you as like, Oh, this is horrible or anything. Not like the cup series where they basically had two big ones in the middle of the race. So, uh, from that end, at least it was a little bit cleaner than, uh, the cup series race at Atlanta
0: Yeah, not a whole lot of action. They probably need to change the, um, whatever, the package that they bring to Atlanta motor speedway, uh for the Xfinity series um to make the racing better uh perhaps at the Atlanta slot card track. Uh last part of the NASCAR uh triple header that took place this weekend was at Mid-Ohio sports car course which saw Parker Kligerman get his uh third career truck series win. First race for the truck series there, um long time track for the Xfinity series um winning uh he led 56 of the 67 laps won the first stage lost the second stage on the final lap to zane smith giving henderson motorsports uh their first win in a long time he wins over zane smith um cory heim led uh i think the uh First three laps, and then after that, it was literally a two-horse race. Uh, Parker Kligerman and Zane Smith were in a different zip code from everybody else. Carson Hosevar started third, finished third. Stuart Friesen fourth, Christian Eck is fifth. Chandler Smith sixth, Kaz Grala ninth, Derek Kraus eighth, eighth, seventh, and Derek Krause eighth, Colby Howard ninth, and Haley Deegan Actually uh, got a top 10. Um, I might be mistaken. I, that might be her first top 10 of her, her career in the truck series. Um, but a double uh, top 10 for the Mc- McAnally crew. Uh, Krauss has had a crew chief change again, uh, trying to go and get backdoor into the playoffs. So there is that. I'm um, getting through. I mean, Majeski got a stage point. Un- Finger got stage points. Um, Tyler Ankrum got stage points. So did Corey Heim before his gearbox went. John Hunter Nemechek had gear, gearbox issues as well, or drive line issues, a uh, rear gear or whatever. Finished twenty eighth, and then Justin Marks um, got points in stage one, but then his brakes failed um, and he crashed in turn four. Uh, another story that came up was. Uh, Mason Philippi and the G2G Motorsports team and the continuing saga that comes up with maggot moron Tim Vines providing vehicles that are uh, prepared to actually show up and race um, doesn't know how to do so because it was stopping during qualifying and then it stopped during the race. And they had to park uh, Mason Phillippe, um after nine laps at Mid-Ohio. He runs for Brian Hurd Autosport in the uh, TCR class for the Brian Hurta Autosport Hyundai team, and he's pretty good there. But um, his choice of NASCAR team uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But Parker Kligerman uh, has become a TV guy, uh, does a show on uh, Peacock and on YouTube for NBC Sports. But he is a race car driver and at one point was a NASCAR um, prospect And um, over the years has shown that he knows what he's doing uh, when you give him the right, when you give him the vehicle. And I got to say, that might have been the best performance we've seen out of Parker Kligerman um, in his career, in since his, his uh, heyday with uh, Cunningham Motorsports when he won nine races in the Arca series. I think that was about nine years ago or no, like, or maybe more like four, 13, 14 years ago, some crap like that. Cause he was in the Xfinity series back in the um, early 2010s. Um, and he was a prospect for sure. Uh, won nine races in the Arca series and, um, bring it up. I might as well go and look it up now. It was 2009, Yeah, 2009. Yeah, 2009 he won nine, out, nine races out of 21 finishing the top, five fourteen times eighteen top tens out of twenty one races and somehow or another lost that championship to Patrick Sheltra um who only won one race that year which is um pretty scary. Um he or no, he lost that championship to Justin Lofton by five points. Yeah. And Justin Lofton now drives uh, off road trucks in um in uh on you know like whatever like Baja and all that. But yeah, what a what a job by uh, by uh, what's it called, uh, Parker Kligerman, to go and get that victory at uh, Mid Ohio Sports Sports Car Course and beating the likely uh, regular season champion too in the process, and Zane Smith, who in turn kind of showed the pace advantage that he seemingly has over a lot of his title rivals. Um, Kyle Busch Motorsports kind of dick-stepped themselves at Mid-Ohio in a place where, yeah, Chandler Smith started 31st, so he had issues in qualifying. It was a wet qualifying. Had to come from 31st to finish 6th, got no stage points. But the 51 was fast, had gearbox problems. The 4-car four 4-truck four had a chance, started 4th, was up there, had driveline problems. In the end, you look at this championship, Zane Smith's kind of an, on an island. He, there's no other Fords that are competitive, really, but he's able to fight Toyota, the, the top Toyota team in Cobbush Motorsports, to a lesser extent, even door Sport, which is really Ben Rhodes and, I guess, Ty Majewski, and and be able to do what he needs to do to stand up and possibly go... get that championship what were your thoughts on truck series event uh at mid ohio
1: yeah i mean first of all for uh parker kligerman um you know i haven't seen him win in a long time and it's like also you know you mentioned his thing uh racing in the arca series back in 2009 uh it was like yeah he was a young kid back then somehow he's still here and it's like wow he's seems like he's not even 31 years old but you know he's still Trying to make it in the truck series while being a part-time reporter on NBC for NASCAR, uh, there, but uh, also on the iRacing side of things, I and mean, he's got his Eraser GG uh, community on Discord, and yeah, when he won, uh, Discord was popping off, and there everybody was happy for him. Uh, there, I mean, in that server, and uh, definitely saw a lot of people that were very happy to see him win, and so you know, a guy like him organizing all the cool sim racing events online and you know being able to i think i think one of the events i may have been in with him uh but you know being able to be an event or you know being a community like that and see the guy that created the community get that kind of success so it's pretty pretty cool to see uh so big big win for him and uh not just like oh he took the lead uh late in the race and was able to hold on for victory now he went out and dominated this race and uh led 56 laps so you know he can still get the job done and he's worked pretty hard you know over the last couple of years and he's made you know certainly looks like he's made uh the most of his opportunity racing part-time uh for the henderson racing team so you know maybe it leads to more opportunities here in the future for other teams you know get him a deal and maybe full time in truck or possibly even Xfinity series uh so you know we'll have to see for him and then of course uh credit to Zane Smith for racing him very cleanly uh in that last uh you know lap last couple of laps cuz could have turned him there especially in the last two corners had had the opportunity uh to be able to you know send it in there and put the bumper and knock him out of the way but you know he raced him clean and uh you know, didn't do anything, uh, excessive and, uh, definitely, uh, shows some, something, you know, good character there and being able to, uh, run, run hard, but, you know, respect the guy in front of you. So that's going to pay off dividends later on as we go on to the, the championship and, you know, being able to race like that cleanly leads on to bigger and better things. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see you there, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, this race overall, I mean, not a whole lot happened, but, you know, it was a good result uh, for, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of people like this victory. It's a very, you know, popular win among the fan base and among the series.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking up the racing reference, which is not as good as it used to be, but uh, he won for them at Talladega in 2017, Parker Kligerman. So that's the two wins they have. This is the best uh, season they've had in the truck series so far by um, just a little bit getting that win, of course, uh, three top fives, five top tens, and eight starts. Um, and I'm sure they're going to keep on going here. Um, so they're going to run more races, probably going to run at least three more races because in 21 they ran 11. Um, they're looking to try to run a full season uh, next year. So uh, That's something to look at. Um, going back in their history, they've only won – they've won – Five races, and Parker Kligerman's won two of them. He's tied with Rick Wilson, who won two races in the Bush Series back in 1989. And that was when Rick Wilson, I think, was still driving for Morgan McClure, making connections to Morgan McClure here, and Anderson Racing, and Oldsmobile, and Ernie Irvin, and, and Mr. the King, and all. You know, we got all kinds of connections going on there. You can get into the old eight whatever's six degrees of kevin bacon shit with all these kind of things we got going on but great run by uh parker kligerman getting that win um it assisted the point standing since there's only one race to go in the regular season with the way that uh the truck series is uh the uh 16 races make up the regular season, so the the race on Saturday was race 15. Um, For all intents and purposes, Zane Smith is going to be the regular season champion, get another 15 playoff points, which will give him a massive edge. Um, He'll be over 20 points He'll be 24 points ahead as of now. Um, Ben Rhodes, who has the second most points, uh, in, uh, the truck series on playoff points. I mean, Corey Himes won twice this year, but he's not eligible cause he's not a full-time driver. Ryan Priest has won once. Um, and then Parker Kligerman of course, um, has won once, but, um, doesn't get any playoff points cause he's not a regular. Um, even though you're declared for I guess uh, even though you're declared as a regular, you're declared for points in that series um I don't know why they wouldn't give' them the I don't get how that works so whatever um the 'cause I guess it's the same thing as if Kyle Busch who won at uh Kyle Busch won at um at Sonoma and ross Chastain, william Byron Todd Gilland, so they yeah, have four drivers they're all all those guys are cup guys that have won. So it tells you that the truck series ain't so great anymore. Uh, four cup guys have won. Then you got three guys that aren't running regular races. So that's seven drivers. That's seven guys. So eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and four, 12. Yeah. It's 12 drivers in the first 15. Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, 12, uh, 12 drivers have won so far this year, but only five of them are really competing for the championship. So... It's kind of wide open in that sense, but to be completely honest, Zane Smith is the dominant figure, um, and he is going to likely win the champ- the regular season championship. Not sure if he'll win the actual championship in second twice in his career. Ty Majewski, Christianek, is Carson Hozer locked into the playoffs by points. Now, of course, they could win Pocono and, you know, solidify their spot, give themselves some extra playoff points their stage points, the whole bit on that. But the top eight right now is locked in, uh, going into uh, Pocono in uh, next week. Two spots are open. Um, Grand Enfinger has a 20, uh, 40, you know, 28-point gap on uh, Matt Crafton, who's on the cutoff. Crafton then has on 19 points on Derek Krause. Uh, He has a bigger, way bigger gap after that. So essentially, unless somebody goes outside, which we'll get into next week, uh, somebody comes out and wins at Pocono, pulls something out of their ass, a la like Chris Buescher in 2016 when he won his first and now Stint's only cup win, of his career, um, the playoffs are set. We'll get into that more um, next week in more detail um, on the uh, GSP. Uh, Get into the uh, GSP roundup here before we get into the um, previews for IndyCar and the Cup in Xfinity in New Hampshire. So Formula 2 raced at Austria uh, this past weekend, of course, and Logan Sargent ends up getting a double. He won the sprint race on Saturday, and it was a pretty good performance there That was straightforward. He won that race on the track now on Sunday, there was definite it was a wet, dry race. Richard Vasho gambled on slicks and was right um Logan Sargent went on wets and it didn't work out had to grind come back he was um, in position to finish third in the race. In the end, Richard Vashor won, dominated, and wasn't able to make it back to pit lane, and um, he didn't have enough fuel, so he got disqualified. Daruvula was uh, handed a 20-second penalty because his team – uh, tried to dry the track over by his starting position, um, drive-through penalty, essentially could not be served during the race, converted 22nd time penalty means Logan Sargent, who took third, will be promoted to first ahead of Enzo Fittipaldi for Cherus, and Roberto Mary, who was filling in for Campos. Um, based on that, uh, first double of Logan Sargent's uh, career in Formula 2, and with that, his last three weekends have been outstanding. He had a very slow start to the season in Formula Two, learning these cars. Um, no points at Saudi Arabia, too, which will, uh, along with Teopo Chair, who is who's the guy he's battling against. Um, but Logan Sargent right now is second in points. Um, he is, what, 39 points behind Felipe Drogovic, who has scored points in every round this year um, or every race weekend. It doesn't mean every round. I I have to, I'll correct myself on that every race weekend. Um, there's still 12, uh, 12 races, total six rounds, um, to go 12 total races, six rounds, um, going all the way to Abu Dhabi. Um, there'll be a huge break between, uh, the Italian grand prix and, uh, Abu Dhabi. So, um, Busy times here coming up for Formula 2. Uh, they're going to be racing at France next week. Then they'll race at Hungary. They'll have the break. Then they'll go to Belgium. Uh, uh, what do you call um, the Netherlands at uh, Zanfort And then the Italian Grand Prix weekend. So can Logan Sargent climb up the ladder, possibly go and steal uh, this uh, Formula 2 championship away from Felipe Drogovic, and in turn possibly get a Formula 1 seat in the process. Uh, Pocher uh, f- is third in points, Jahan deruvla uh, is fourth, Enzo Fittipaldi is fifth, uh, but Pocher and Sargent only separated by a point, Duruvla, uh Enzo Fittipaldi are part of a battle that essentially is from 20 points separate, fourth through tenth, uh, they're in that the results coming from uh race one, just to give it there. Uh, my fault. I thought it was a double. It's, uh, it's my fault. Logan Sargent finished seventh there. Marcus Armstrong, Teo Pocher, Jack Doen, Drogovic, Vips, Rave Shore, Sargent, Awasa, Enzo Fittipaldi, Dennis Hauger, your top 10, um, the point scorers are the top eight in that. So, um, Logan Sargent gets points in that race. Then in race two, uh, Vaishore of course, gets DQ'd. So Logan Sargent over Enzo Fittipaldi, Roberto Mary going and filling in for Campos. Dennis Hauger, JQs, Hughes, Ollie Caldwell, Owasa, Vips, Nisani and Lawson, your top 10. Drogovic just outside of their three seconds out of the top 10, trying to go and add to his points lead. Um, In regards to Formula 3, Formula 3 at Austria, we had uh, Correa, Juan Manuel Correa had a chance to win at uh, Austria in the first race, but at a broken gearbox, which allowed Jack Crawford uh, to win his uh, first uh, Formula 3 race, so one American uh, has misfortune and other American benefits. Crawford over Kyle Collette, Franco Colopinto, Artur Leclerc, Roman Stanek. Your top five, Caelan Frederick, the American sixth, Johnny Edgar, Victor Martins, Alexander Smollier, and Isaac Hadjar, your top ten. We'll talk about him in a minute. Kushminey um, 18th. Brad Benavides, Hunter Yaney, 19th and 21st, respectively. Uh, Oliver Bierman's Australian or British, whatever. Um, I need to bring up the Formula 3. I need to bring up the, so you can go and get into the nationalities of all these drivers. Because there's a lot of changes um, in the driver lineups at the moment. Um, Johnny Edgar. you have to click on all of them. Roman Stanek and Zane Maloney. I don't even know what country that is. It's Zane Mal- Oh, Barbados. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Jack Crawford, Oliver Bierman's from Britain. Then you have, yeah, Juan Manuel Correa, Saucy's Swiss. Okay. And Ar- is Indian. Uh, the Shrews Racing Team is running over each other, which was kind of funny. Caelan Fredericks, American. Isaac Hadjar. Then Hunter Yaney is U.S. driver. And I don't know who any of those guys on Gens or Motorsports are. Um, Zach O'Sullivan's from Britain. Um, Brad Benavides is an American driver. So he's bringing the money for sure. he ain't that good. Enzo Truly. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's still like four or five Americans in Formula 3. Points going Into uh, the next race in Hungary, these Victor Martins up by two points over Isaac Hadrar, who won the uh, feature race. Uh, Artur Leclerc is third, so it's a three-horse race. Six points between the three of them. Roman Stanek, fourth. Jack Crawford, fifth. Oliver Bierman, sixth. Franco Colapinto, Colette, Zach O'Sullivan, Smollier, tenth. Kalen Frederick was running up. There in the uh, second race, but had issues. Uh, Hadjar over Victor Martens, Bierman uh, third, Arthur Leclerc fourth, Zane Maloney fifth, Stanek, Colapinto, Smolliere, Elitalo for Genzer Motorsports, Edo Cohen tenth, best American drivers Juan Manuel Correa and eleventh, uh, Jack Crawford got taken out. They're finished 22nd. Caelan Frederick was 23rd. Cushmine, 25th. So that's the Formula 3 situation um, going into next week at Hungary. WEC at Monza was a battle of the – we saw the Peugeot um, team go and make their debut in uh, WEC with a 9X8 hypercar. But uh, it was the Alpine team of Andre, Negrau, Nicola Lapierre, Matthew Vaxvierre win by 2.76 seconds over Sebastian Boemi, Brendan Hartley, and Rio Hirakawa, the uh, winners of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And then the other Toyota, Conway Michael Kobayashi, Jose Maria Lopez, was two laps back in third. Uh, Rui Andrade, Fred, Ferdinand Habsburg, Norman Nato wins LMP2. Sebastian Bourdais gets on the podium in the LMP2, finishing third. Josh Pearson's part of the um, was it the uh, the team a team is that that he drives for freaking um, United Autosport uh, finished uh, fifth in class. Stephen Thomas finished 7th in class and LMGT Pro, the Corvette of Tommy Milner and Nick Tandy, uh, win over the Ferraris, uh, finishing 2nd and 3rd, and then the Porsches, 4th and 5th in GTM, uh, the, uh, what is it, uh, the uh, Dempsey Proton car, Christian Reed, Sebastian Prio, Harry Tinknell get the victory, over Rahel Frey, Michelle Gadding, and Sarah Bovi the um, Iron Dames Ferrari team that qualified on pole in class by a lap, and then uh, Porsche um, to round out the GTM uh, podium. There, one Peugeot fell out of the race early. Duresta, uh, Mickel Jensen, John Eric Vern, and the 708. Glickenhaus hypercar, which finished third overall at uh, Le Mans, uh, fell out of the race early as well. And then um, the other Peugeot uh, finished uh, basically third from last, or yeah, yeah, third from last uh, in the running order. They had issues as well. Their next race, of course, is uh, Fuji two months from now. So a lot of development coming along with that. Um, Look for Penske to show up with their Porsche um, LMDH car uh, to get some data there to help with balance of performance going into uh, next year for the uh, coordinating of all the classes there. The two prototype classes getting into um, the new um, formula, uh, that um, convergence between prototype classes and the two main series the IMSA series and the weather techs, or with IMSA WeatherTech sports car championship. And then the world endurance championship supercars were at Townsville this past weekend. Shane Van Gisbergen gets a double. Um, his rival, Anton De Pasquale gets into him in the second race for Dick Johnson racing. Uh, the top five, Shane Van Gisbergen, Will Davis and Cam Waters, Andre Armgarner got by Anton De Pasquale, Brock Feeney, Tim Slade, Chaz Monster, Jack LeBrock were the top 10 in race one. SVG over Anton, ADP, Cam Waters, James Courtney, Chaz Monster, Brock Feeney, Will Davis, and Tim Slade, Andre Haumgartner, Mark Winterbottom, uh, your top 10 um, at Townsville. Their next race will be at the end of the month at the Bend Motorsports Park. Shane Van Gisbergen still has a little over a 100-point lead on Anton DiPasquale Pasquale. Uh, the Dick Johnson duo of ADP and Will Davison are second and third. Cam Water is fourth. Chaz Mostert, fifth. Um, then, and Brock Feeney is sixth. Reynolds and Heimgartner are in a battle. Uh, only three points separate them. Brody Kostecki, Tim Slater only separated by three points, rounding out the top ten. Then, uh, Courtney and Winterbottom was a 12 points just outside of the top ten. They'll have a few weeks tied before their race. <laughs> Again at uh at the at the bend. Uh DJR is looking for investors for their team, a la like what they had with uh Roger Penske, which of course netted a lot of great results for them. Um uh, Shane uh, Scotty McLaughlin going and making a name for himself and putting himself on the map to get him to America and race at uh in the IndyCar series. Getting into extreme e discussion here. The Canassi team, as I open a beer, um, wins race one. Uh, trying to go through the maiden victory um, after Rosberg's team uh, receives a penalty after he after Rosberg's uh, Johan Christopherson crashed into Carlos Sainz Senior. So that's. Um, Ugh. So it tells you what uh, the, his, the owner's uh, driving uh, standards are rubbing off on um, his drivers. Uh, the uh, GMC Hummer EV team of uh, Sarah Price and Kyle Leduc gets a victory over Xcite Energy Racing, which is um, Jensen Button's team, uh, f- uh, and then Rossberg X Racing um well it says Excite Energy, I thought it was, was Jensen Bunstein, but then it says JBXC. So I might be confused with that. Um I am trying to figure yeah that is, yeah, I'm confused with that. X Ex, Excite racing because he's driving for them in the um Rally Cross Championship, so whatever. My fault on that, but the uh, the Spanish duo of Carlos Sainz and Leila Sanz finished fifth in race one. Then in race two, Rosberg's team gets another victory and extends their lead in the championship. They beat X44, which is Lewis Hamilton's team. Uh, Genesis, Andretti United with Katie Munnings uh, was third. Um, The science team fourth and the apt team is fifth. So Rosberg team has a, uh, 37 point lead over Chip Ganassi, the Hummer, Chip Ganassi, GMC Hummer team. X44 is third, and the science team is fourth. So it's three points between those three. The X Side Energy team, Genesis, Andretti United, is tied for fifth. McLaren, Xtreme, and JBXC is a one point separating them. And then Velo Tracing and Apt. Team are ninth and tenth in the championship. Their next race will be in September, the Copper X Prix, one race before the last race in November, the end of November. So big gap between races there for them. Camping World SRX getting into Nashville Fairgrounds results. Uncle Bobby Labonte. Gets the win at Nashville, former winner there in the uh, Bush Series. Uh, gets a victory first time in about 20 years. And he goes and gets a major victory over Marco Andretti. Matt Kenseth. Kenseth.
1: Matt the gets, rat.
0: Yeah, he goes and makes his debut, brings all the family, all of his kids, all the girls from... His current marriage and grandpa, <laughs> yeah, grandpa Matt with Ross being there with his kids and goes and gets the third place finish. Paul, he's going to run the last three races, so that'll be pretty cool. Paul Tracy, fourth, Elio Castro Dash Neves, fifth, Ryan Newman, sixth, Joseph Newgarden won the first heat, uh, the Nashville uh, uh, local, and um, Cole Williams, the all star. Car had a rough night. Uh, Tony Stewart's car was a piece of shit. Um, he lost a ton of points, and likely, unless he wins at Peevely, um will not defend his uh, title in the SRX. Uh, the points going into this weekend's race at um, I-55 Speedway, which will see the great Kenny Schrader make uh, a guest appearance I'm not sure who else will, and Ernie Francis will be in a 13th car, so that'll be cool. I'm not sure who else will be, um, I don't know how they didn't give Bubba Pollard points. If Peyton Sellers, Justin Marks, and Cole Williams all got points, I don't know how Bubba Pollard didn't get points. But um, Bobby Labonte right now has got a three-point lead on Marco Andretti and uh five-point lead on Ryan Newman. Tony Stewart has a win, but he's 31 points behind. And Greg Biffle rounds out the top five, 37 points behind the leader. And, um, yeah, that's really where the battle is with two races to go. It's really a six-horse race. But to be really honest, it's Bobby Labonte, Marco Andretti, and Ryan Newman trying to race for this championship. Unless Tony can go and win on the dirt like he did at Knoxville last year and um, at – at uh, Eldora as well, um, which is part of the reason why he was able to go and take down that championship last year. We'll see what happens with that at Pevely this coming weekend. The uh, World Superbikes will uh, race this weekend Donington Park, one of the uh, great racetracks for motorcycles and cars, to be fair. Um, Alvaro Bautista goes into this round uh, of the championship with a 36-point lead. Defending champion Topak Raskatlioku is 79 points back in third. And Andrea Locatelli is over 100 points back in fourth. Um, So, I mean, the battles really Alvaro Bautista versus Johnny Ray um there's going to be a couple of uh, british riders making wildcard appearances at donington park alvaro Bautista, it says is going to come back to race for ducati next year in his second stint with them um they're also looking at bringing uh, danilo petrucci over to the world superbike since right now he's riding for uh the warhorse uh hs BK team in the uh, Moto America Championship, trying to win the American Championship. Um, that's all good um, to go and win the uh, Moto America World or Superbike Championship. Um, so we'll see what happens. Garrett Gerloff has had a rough year this year. Can he go and make something happen uh, at uh, Donington Park? I mean, the pace with the top three riders relative to the rest of the field is um, much different. So can Garrett-Groloff get himself on the pace? toprak Toprak rask Gatlioku has tested for Yamaha and MotoGP. He's not going to be on a bike for MotoGP next year, I think, for a full season. I think they're going to use him as a wild card, though, because they're going to always want to have data. Um, The notion that um, Fabio Quattararo wouldn't mind an extra extra rider out there with getting a little extra data in, um, the field there, uh, IMSA races this week at, uh, at the Northeast FCP Euro Northeast Grand Prix, um, Lime Rock Park, one of the great short, short circuits in, in, uh, short tracks in the Northeast, which will, uh, see a GT, uh, race only, um, The um, website is deciding to freeze while I'm trying to do the show, which is always great. I'm trying to go and bring up the entry list for that, but I can't do it. It's awesome. I was trying to go and preview this because we have GTD and GTD promo, but go and get rid. All right, so the whole entire thing crashed. All right, so let's... Go and see what we can do. So yeah, now we bring it back. Let's go and do that. Uh, entry list, which we'll see six in GTD Pro and nine in GTD. Uh, the Corvette number three for Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor, uh, Matt Campbell, Matthew Jaminé for Faf Motorsports Porsche. Uh, we don't know who the other driver will be in the Vassar Sullivan 14 Lexus along with Ben Barnacourt. Uh, Ross Gunn, Alex Riveros, Harder Racing team has been on a good run here recently, the Asa Martin team. Uh, Connor D. Filippi, John Edwards in the BMW, and then Cooper McNeil, Jules Guignon, and a WeatherTech Racing uh, Mercedes running in the um, GT Pro. Brian Sellers, Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing, uh, essentially a home race for them. Frankie, Monacalvo, Aaron Tielitz, and uh, Lexus. Ryan Hardwick, Gian Halen, the Wright Motorsports Porsche. Roman De Angelis, Maxime Martin, Harder Racing Team, Aston. Mike Skeen, Stephen McAleer, Team Korthoff Mer- Motorsports, Mercedes. Uh, the Carbon with Peregr- Peregrine Racing Lamborghini is back with Robin McGinnis, Jeff Westfall. After missing uh, Mossport, Ryan Eversley and Aiden Reed for Rick Ware Racing, Acura. Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, Winward Racing, Mercedes. And Robbie Foley, Bill Arberlin, uh, Turner Motorsport, BMW in a home game for um, uh, Will Turner, the uh, car owner there. So he wants to have a victory there for sure. Um. Have to go and bring this up. I don't know what the heck my last thing was over there. see a second here. Uh, yeah. uh, who any of these people are. Um, Freaking computer getting overloaded. So, yeah, we have um, IMSET, Lime Rock, and then we have Formula E in Brooklyn this coming weekend for a double header. Uh, so, what I meant, Formula 3, Formula. Which uh, the driver's standings going into this weekend's doubleheader. Eduardo Mortara for Rocket Venturi Racing, even though Rocket isn't paying bills for certain other teams, uh, they are leading by 11 points. Eduardo Mortara by 11 over Jean Eric Verne, multiple champion of the series, DS Tachita. Stoffel Van Dorn is 14 points back. It third for Mercedes EQ, and Mitch Evans is fourth for Jaguar TCS. And, and so there uh, was a 15 point separating the top four in the um, driver's standings. Team's Championship rock Venturi has a two point lead over DS Ch- Tachita and a uh, seven point lead over Mercedes EQ going into their races this coming weekend. There will be um, two races at uh, Brooklyn, and um, we don't know if they're going to end up racing there after this year, so it might be the swan song. There will be two races at Brooklyn and then two races in London at the end of this month. And the final race, two races of the year, will be Seoul, South Korea. So there's three double headers to end the season in ABB Formula E um coming up starting with Brooklyn. Let's get into the uh Honda Indy Grand Prix of Toronto, Josh. 25 cars uh this weekend. Uh, Tatiana Calderon, a um yeah, uh, casualty with Rocket not um going and uh paying their bills, which isn't shocking based on what happened with Williams back in uh years ago and uh, which is why I made that reference there in the um talk about um Formula E. But um right now you know Marcus Erickson has a twenty point lead on will power um exclusive on peacock premium. Yeah. That's another thing you have to go and say. So we'll have this show out obviously uh before the race weekend but This race weekend, the Honda Indy Toronto is going to be a full streaming race weekend. Everything is going to be online. You're not going to see it on TV. If you're trying to find it on your NBC or USA or whatever affiliate, you're not going to see it. So if you want to see it, you have to pay for Peacock um, Premium, which is $5.499 a month. And um, you could stream it on your computer, your tablet, TV if it it accesses that. So there is that, Josh, but when it comes to I guess we talk about that cuz I think that might this might be the first like major motorsport race in any type of cuz I can't think of any other series that's done this. So this is a definitely a test case for full streaming since like NFL with Sunday ticket is going to move. it is going to get moved from direct TV to a streaming service. Now, which streaming service that may be is to be determined, whether it's Amazon prime, Disney plus, or, uh, I forget what the other one is. Apple TV. Um, those are the three that are in play based on Florio after watching a video from earlier. Um, a fully streamed weekend of IndyCar racing. They already do Indy Lights and whatever else on there. Um, but Marcus Erickson, 20 point lead, getting into um, this season, getting into what happened. Scott McLaughlin winning the last race uh, at uh, Mid Ohio, trying to get into the All Drivers of Championship standings. 20 point lead on Will Power. Uh-huh. Joseph Newgarden third, Pillow fourth, Pato Award fifth. Scott Dixon, who hasn't won a race yet, is in sixth. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, two wins, is seventh. Rossi Pagano, Colton Herta is going to do a two-day test uh, in 10th. So street courses, I think Andretti Autosport has something on street courses. Col- Colton is able to do some work there. Scott Dixon, you know, he wins every generally at most places, but um, street courses aren't exactly as solid as permanent road courses. Alex Pillow, both of those guys are looking for a win. The Penske guys have been able to maximize their position. Two of the top three, three of the top seven. They're going to stay with this trio next year. But Marcus Erickson, of course, tried to launch himself into the sky at Nashville last year and won that race. Um, he's assimilated very well to these type of racetracks. Toronto is a very rough, very narrow circuit. Um, a lot to play for here this weekend leading into basically the, the, the start of the, the rush towards the end of the season. A lot of races that we're going to see here, um, essentially over the next two months, we're going to have a double header at Iowa coming up. We're going to have Indy Road Course during the NASCAR weekend at the end of this month. You're going to have Nashville, Gateway, and the season finale at Laguna Seca all coming up, all in quick time frame. So if you're able to start, if you're able to get momentum coming out of this weekend at Toronto, first race at Toronto in a few years because of the pandemic, it could set you up on a path to possibly go and win
1: this championship. Yeah, I mean, you talk about this race at toronto it's been it's been a while since we've been to this uh, course uh course uh did not have this race held in 2021 or 2020 due to COVID 19 and uh everything and and this uh this will be the first time we've had it since 2019 and uh you know almost don't remember what the racing is at this uh race but you know the uh like you said andretti team specifically colton herda um, they seem to be really good on street courses. Um, but, you know, of course, they've had their recent uh, implosion uh, that they had at Mid Ohio. Uh, expect that they will have put that behind them. But, you know, Andretti's made a lot of mistakes this year. Um, so we're going to see, uh, you know, what they can do uh, as a team. You know, I think at the last uh, street course that we had, uh, or at least earlier in the season, you know, we had. IndyCar uh, racing at, I'm looking at the schedule just to make sure. So the last race we had on a street course was uh, at Detroit, and Will Power won that, but uh, we also had Long Beach, which uh, Roman Grosjean finished second, and Alexander Rossi was in eighth. Uh, so uh, those guys, both of those cars were, were pretty up there during that race. So yeah, I would expect Andretti to have a really good race. Uh, You know, we'll see if they're able to um, keep it together. Um, So I think that expect them to be out up front. Also, you know, Scott McLaughlin, uh, you know, finally getting another win uh, at mid Ohio two weeks ago. Uh, Can he get his third victory of the season and, you know, possibly uh, inch closer, you know, to, to the championship Um, right now, of course, uh, Marcus Erickson, points leader, like you said earlier, uh, Scott McGoffin, can he be able to get up there uh, close to the points lead with the third victory uh put himself back into the conversation of uh, winning the championship? Uh, you know we'll see if uh, he can do that um, willpower, of course, as mentioned earlier the last winner of the street course at Detroit. Can he uh, continue the success that he had there bring it to the street course and close the gap on the championship uh, to Marcus Erickson being only 20 points out. Um, this, this is going to be an interesting race. Of course, uh, they are making some changes to the pit road, uh, 22 cars last time at this r- uh, race in 2019. And now we'll have uh, 25 cars. So they got a lengthen pit road, uh, Boxes, 35-foot uh, boxes. Uh, they want to have them at 40, but they can do at 35. So it's going to be interesting uh, on that end, entering and exiting Pit Road uh, on a smaller race course that isn't you know designed or doesn't have as much capacity. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see everybody uh, fit uh, all the cars in in one spot at this uh, racetrack. So uh, Canadian... Uh, Toronto Grand Prix first time we've had it in a while Uh, should be interesting and of course it is a rough uh, racetrack a rough street course uh, a lot of things uh, to look out for Um, and definitely you're gonna have to nail the car setup nail the suspension setup and be able to you know continue to uh, get the setup right uh, here so it's gonna be interesting race and you know I expect expect Andretti to be up there, but don't know if they'll close. And, you know, I think it's probably going to end up being like between one of the Penske cars or possibly one of the Chip Ganassi racing cars.
0: What do you think? Well, if you're thinking is one of the Penske cars yeah. or one of the Ganassi cars, who do you think is going to win? I on mean, Sunday? well,
1: I think it, well, I said earlier, you know, Scott McLaughlin be a good race. I mean, he won the first race of the year at St. Petersburg. So I would expect him to be up front over and Colton Hurta yeah, over Colton Herda. And then I also, you know, he, he's done well on street courses, I feel like. And then I would also expect, uh, Alex below or, uh, you know, give Marcus Erickson a nod to, uh, as well, or, you know, Scott Dixon. I think any of those three, um, Chippy nasty racing cars can be up front, uh, and possibly win this race, uh, and, you know, shut out Andretti at, at, uh, Toronto, which, uh, Michael Andretti had seven victories at, uh, this racetrack. So uh, a lot of history there for the Andretti team and the family.
0: Yeah. It was one of Michael's best, uh, racetracks for sure. Uh, one of uh, were the, uh, the most wins he ever had at one circuit, seven wins Let, won the first race for Reynard back in 1994, uh, when they debuted in, the Car CART IndyCar series um, won the first race, or won for Swift there, uh, one for Lola multiple times, of course, because of Carl Haas. So they, they it was a great track for him. Colton Herta coming off of testing at Portimao for McLaren, I think he's gonna be fired up. I I give him a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I think the the betting on him would be good. If he can qualify, well. But I also look at Alex Pillow and Scott Dixon. If they're trying to win this championship, they need to start it now. Um, Scott Dixon has been known to make comebacks. Uh, This is the run for seven to join all those legendary names. It starts this weekend. If he can put together a great qualifying run, put himself in position, get a win, get a top three finish, whatever, but definitely want to get a win because Iowa, I think, is going to be Joseph Newgarden uh, alley. Uh, it's one of his best race tracks. Um, if Joseph Newgarden go out there and get a win at Toronto, get a fourth win of the year, he's going to basically tell everybody he wants number three. Um, you're, you have to qualify well at Toronto. There ain't going to be a whole lot of passing. Uh, there are going to be cautions and safety cars in a whole bit i'm picking Scott Dixon to go out there and win this race at Toronto. He hasn't won in a while. Uh, if it wasn't him, I was going to say hello. I think it's going to be a Ganassi weekend. Uh, they're going to go and put together the qualifying Marcus Ericsson's going to cl- consolidate his points. Um, you have to this is the stretch run. The stretch run starts now. They're basically going to run the rest of this calendar out in two months. So if you're able to start something right here, as I said in the prior to throwing to Josh, you can win this championship. Scott Dixon has won championships as a leader uh, and done it. He's lost championships in the final race trying to possibly go and win it, and he's figured out ways to come back after nobody thought he was going to win it. And win a championship. That's why he's a six-time champion. He's one of the greatest open-wheel drivers ever lived. And um, if he's trying to win number seven this year, he has to start right now. And I think he does at Toronto uh, this weekend. Uh, Getting into the last bit of um, the thing before, last bit of the uh, podcast here. We'll talk about Cup and Xfinity. Uh, at New Hampshire, uh, there's uh, the Am Better 301 this coming weekend, uh, at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, the entry list is what there are 36. Yeah, they have the 36 chartered cars. Josh Balikian is 77, 15 has JJ Yaley. Other than that, everybody else is the same. Uh, Yeah, going to New Hampshire or Speedway, they haven't brought out the changes to the flat tracks that they're trying to test to make racing better. So I would assume that practice and qualifying are going to really dictate uh, what we see on Sunday. I mean, the Hendrick cars dominated Atlanta both times. Hendrick and Gibbs at Richmond were the best cars. Do we see somebody outside of one of those two teams do something, Josh? I, I honestly don't. But um, what are you looking at for New Hampshire this coming weekend?
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, I think you got to include, you know, Team Trackhouse in this conversation too. You know, they've been up there quietly, been up there uh, this whole season, and think you can't count them out, uh, especially a track like, like New Hampshire. So when we go to New Hampshire, uh, I mean, you talked about the diffuser they're not changing it yet and i'm going to assume i mean i feel like maybe that change is uh something that would take place or better at a slower speedway like uh martinsville or, or richmond you know track rate you know tracks that you know aren't as high speed as uh, new hampshire i feel like new hampshire has pretty long straights and flat corners which might help with uh, this package this package might render itself to be better at but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this package plays out uh, with uh, the progressive banking here and, you know, relatively flat surface. And, um, again, you know, this car does turn, you know, more like a road course car. It's going to handle more like a road course car. So it might take these uh, New Hampshire flat turns better than uh, what it did before. Um, so it may end up being like a, what we saw at Martinsville. But, uh, again, you know, this is a... Race taking place during the daytime, so uh, and you know, more than likely gonna be in the middle of the sun. So, uh, do you think that's gonna be uh, you know, looking a lot uh, different than uh, maybe what we saw at Martinsville? And you know, we'll see if they're able to go up against each other and make a pass, make a move uh, for the win, uh, that's sort to- uh, that sort of thing. So, we'll see, but uh, yeah, you talked about Hendrick and Gibbs, and um, yeah, I expect. Expect uh, Martin Truex to be up there, uh Danny Hamlin, of course, one back in Richmond back in the uh spring. Uh definitely think you know Kyle Bush probably be up there too. You know on the Hendricks side, Kyle Larson, uh Chase Elliott, and probably maybe Alex Bowman as a wild card. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like William Byron probably be up around there too, but he's been ever since his second victory and getting humbled by uh Joey Logano at Darlington, he's kind of disappeared off the map and we haven't really heard too much from uh him this year so we'll have to see but you know, any of those cars plus i think you know ross chastain's definitely going to be mixing it up uh here and then you know i think the other teams l- look for somebody like tyler reddick uh to be really good and then uh we'll pivot back to joe gibbs racing because I, f- I forgot you know chris bell's <laughs> had multiple victories and expanded at this uh this track so i uh, can't count them out too so really the entire second last yeah. year in and that, that's true yeah and uh chris bell is uh, definitely really good at new hampshire uh in the stock cars so um it's gonna be an interesting weekend especially since we haven't seen uh the racing here at this at this course or at this track with the new car uh next gen car so uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a um could be a Re- either really wild race or really boring race, and you know, who knows? Maybe field mileage comes into play, like that one year when Tony Stewart ran out of gas on the last lap in uh, 2010 to start uh, the playoffs. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, I think I think for me, I'm I'm going to pick Martin Truex to win win this race. And you know, you talked about earlier with uh, Corey LaJoy, you know, possibly causing a shakeup. Well, he's actually still in 31st in points, and I think if he would have won that race. In Atlanta, he wouldn't have been in thirtieth, although it would have been close. I mean, uh, Brad Keselowski is not that far away, but you know, he's still, you know, would be still outside the top ten. So it's not, not quite the shakeup that we think it might be uh, in terms of shaking up the playoff field. But Martin Truex has not won yet this year, so if he if he wins, then it definitely will shake up the playoff field for sure. So and then you know that'll, that'll bring it down to two. Two drivers left uh, who haven't won that need to win in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting, race for sure.
0: It's a good point you brought up there. I mean, uh, when it comes to what uh, Corey LaJoy was trying to do there on Sunday, him going and losing, I mean, when you look at what happened in that race, uh, Clyde goes and gets the 20 points for the, the uh two stages, and then you talk about whatever the hell. I don't – I think the – yeah, and then you get 20. Like, I need to go and look at what the hell the points standings are, uh, what they do. They have to go and explain. Points explanation. There you go. Yeah, finishes 40 points. Yeah. The second place is 35. So under the pretense that, say, Corey LaJoy would have finished second – uh Corey LaJoy did get second or a stage point in the second stage, uh, so he w- he ended up only scoring 17 points with the s- one stage point. If he had gotten the second place finish, that would have been based on what Ross Chastain has. It would have been 35. So just based on 16 and 35, that would have been 19 points difference. He's 44 points behind Brad Keselowski. Um it's kind of similar to what uh Kyle Bush had to do when he had his broken leg and of course Tony Stewart when he had his broken back in twenty sixteen won at Sonoma. I guess it wasn't as competitive back then, but um uh Tony had to win and then get himself in the top thirty. He did uh got himself to about twenty fifth in points prior to the playoff. Um uh, Corey has had a rough year, had a lot of uh, DNFs. Um but Going into this weekend's race in New Hampshire, Eric Almirola defending race winner at New Hampshire. Um, He needs a win to make the playoff. Uh, Things are working out to where maybe Eric Almirola is going to continue racing. Instead of Ryan Priest taking over that ride, maybe Kevin Harvick decides to call it quits. That might be something. Um, the way he's racing this year, he kind of seems like he's trying to retire. He should be on TV anyway. Um, take over, be in, be in the booth of Mike joy. And if Tom Brady can get $300 million or whatever from Fox, Kevin Harvick could get a hundred million dollars. I mean, why not? Then then he could go and fund Ryan Priest driving, try taking over his car and he can fund his son's career since he may as well split
1: off and be bring back Kevin Harvick Incorporated.
0: Well, they already have their their marketing and PR firm. My thing is he could go and fund Ryan Priest's car and he can fund Keelan driving in Formula three because that's what Keelan wants to do. Or he could put it in a freaking truck, put it in something, uh, and make sure it's ready so that when he wants to go to formula three and formula two, um, he can go and do work. But, uh, yeah, there is that, uh, when it comes to Stuart Oss racing at the moment, only one car is in the playoff and that's Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick's on the bump spot and he is... 19 points behind Christopher Bell, who is, as Josh mentioned, uh, is great at this racetrack. Martin Truex, it's one of his 17 home tracks. Uh, Blaney, those are the three guys that are highest in points that haven't won. Um, Eric Jones, I think, is more about Daytona uh, trying to go and get a win there. Um, you know, Austin Dillon, he's not really that good um dylan right now is 20th in points behind danny hamlin he's only a point ahead of michael mcdowell um as it stands for this race on sunday i mean christopher bell i would go and pick him but adam stevens got suspended because um joe gibbs decided to make a pit crew change took a tire changer and carrier from Bubba Wallace's team and put them on a 20 car and then took one tire changer and carrier and swapped them over to the 23. In the process, there was a loose wheel left uh, by the 20 team that has uh, left Adam Stevens suspended for four weeks. So it's a terrible time uh, to have something like that happen. Uh, Bell is eighth in points overall. Third of the guys who don't have a win, but you know, and he's got that 19 point lead on Kevin Harvick, but um, it's going to be hard for him to try to make this happen. But Christopher Bell's the kind of guy that likes adversity. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Christopher Bell, get the W on Sunday, 14th different winner um, this year. Wild card selection. To possibly go and um, backdoor something, I mean, it's hard. Uh, It's really hard to pick a wild card. I mean, Josh, you mentioned Tyler Reddick. I was thinking, and you brought up Trackhouse. I'll say Suarez. So uh, my picks are uh, Christopher Bell, which, I mean, I could probably swap them either way, really. Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez. That's who I'm taking this weekend at New Hampshire. Uh, for the Cup Series, let's get into the Xfinity Series. There's gonna be some Cup guys.
1: Actually, and- I do have a wild card. I would like to throw out there. What about yeah? Uh, go ahead, Chris. Chris Buscher. Chris Busher. He could be somebody that shows up at New Hampshire. I don't have his record here, but you know they've they've had some runs recently. The RFK number 17. That you know they could. I'm not gonna say that they would win, but you know, I would not be surprised if they somehow finished you know, in the top 10 or, you know, made, made appearances in the top five throughout the race.
0: Yeah, that's not, I mean, I, 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 I like that Chris Buescher pick. I thought Chris Buescher would have had a little better run
1: this weekend
0: at Atlanta, but it's not his cup of tea, uh super speedway racing. It never really has been. Um, he's a guy that's more meant for road courses and more of the shorter tracks, uh, to be fair. But, um, I was trying to bring up that Yeah, 18 out of 19. Yeah. I mean, you're going just, uh, he finished 10th at Phoenix, just as an aside, 15th at Martinsville, um, 15th at Richmond. So that, and Dover, he, f- he started on pole and finished eighth. So he, he's got, he's definitely been the better performer. He's outperformed his car owner and uh that's not a bad call uh and it's a racetrack where you can go and get crazy with some strategies scott graves um i mean they got suspended the lost his crew chief so it looks like scott graves got suspended so um that would be something if he was able to pull one out there uh for sure getting into the xfinity series Race at New Hampshire 39 cars for 38 spots. So there will be one car going home. People that are making um uh rare starts. I'm trying to go through Josh Williams has been moved to the number five BJ McClaude motorsports team. There, um, Joe Graff, he's whenever I'm trying to go through Trevor Bain will be in the 18 car. This weekend, Derek Griffiths, Sam Hunt, number 26th. Awuji um, out there as a caution. Patrick Emmerling, the modified ace, getting an opportunity. Um, we'll see how long he'll be able to race. CJ McLaughlin, another caution um, out there. Howie DeSavino and Julia Landauer will be driving for Alpha Prime racing this weekend. That'll be something we'll see if uh julia gets any media attention she ain't bad looking bobby mccarty for Harmon steam they're gonna have to qualify on speed ty Dillon will be driving for big machine racing so he'll be doing double duty this weekend uh jj illy will be driving the 66 car uh william byron will be driving the 88 for jr motorsports not the 17 um Akinori Ogata in the 13 for MBM. Matt Mills will be in the 78 for for B.J. McLeod Motorsports. So a few cup guys in there, uh, former cup guys. Uh, I'll go and start here in regards to Xfinity. We got a while to go before the playoffs, honestly. Uh, But I kind of feel like it's going to be a... Somewhat of a chalk kind of race. I think Trevor Bain. I'm going to go and pick Trevor Bain.
1: It's a wild card, but a solid one.
0: I'm going to pick Trevor Bain. They're great at this racetrack. Um, He's been out there saying, I need to win. I picked this car and wanted to get in this car because I'm going to win. Well, it's an opportunity race. I, I don't really see much of who... I mean Junior Motorsports is the best team in this series by far. You have all Geyer, you have Josh Berry who is great at these this type of racing, but you know, you have Sheldon Creed who's good at flat and, you know, road courses and stuff and he needs a win, but he needs to qualify well. Um honestly think Trevor Bean this is the race weekend for him to go and finally get that win um in in the Gibbs car uh if it was a regular if i mean that's why i like win i guess it's a wild card but if it's a regular i'm gonna pick my guy who i picked at the start of the year for the championship i'm gonna pick josh Berry. so um my picks are 18 and 8 how about you josh
1: well you know i'm gonna go with uh you go with eight car i'll go with the 88 car and bill byron going out winning the uh junior motorsports cup entry basically uh there and then i think as a wild card, you know, this is a tough decision, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Sam Mayer in the uh so pick both junior cars as a wild card. You know, he uh he's been up there but you know, he's still a rookie, still got a lot to learn and everything. So we'll see what he can do at this uh at this racetrack and see, you know, if he can Crack out a top 10 finish uh, as a rookie here at New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think it would be surprising. I mean, it is a wild card because he hasn't won yet and he's a rookie. But it wouldn't be surprising. Sam Mayer has done a lot of work on them short tracks in his young career. in ARCA, K&N. I mean, it's ARCA and K&N, the same goddamn thing. Lightly models. He has the talent. That's why he's in that car. But you need to harness that talent and ability and form it and he's like, the point is, he's that kind of driver. He's like Plato, you need to get him you need to get him ready. You need to get him ready for that next stage in his career. Um, Hendrick doesn't really have any openings for that, but he's a guy that would be they're projecting next level for him, uh, Junior Motorsports, that's a project guy to go and make him a star. And um, wouldn't shock me if he goes and gets that first win in New Hampshire. But taking Will Byron in the star car is a is a solid bet for sure. So uh, we've gone through all of the uh, previews and everything that went on. So let's get to you, man. Uh, what's going on in regards to sim racing? And, you know, I see people posting about F1 2022. I see people like Ruby and uh our our grid talk uh whatever deal talking about her exploits on f1 2022 we have i racing we have um all kinds of stuff on the sim deal and you are great on that so let us know what you're doing and what you're seeing in regards to sim racing
1: yeah of course um you know f1 2022 i did did try that uh this weekend and download on playstation and I've only done one race so far, and uh, they as well. The game was still installing, so I just had the one racetrack uh, by rain, and I uh, was able to pick which car I wanted. Pick McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo, of course. Uh, you know he's an Earnhardt guy, so that's that's why I go with in Formula One. But um, went with him, and uh, it's I don't know. It's it's hard to I guess like as I grew up playing controllers, uh, you know, with NASCAR Thunder and EA Sports NASCAR games. But, you know, I've gotten used to the finer control of having a wheel, you know, with iRacing and all that stuff. And then going back to a controller, it's kind of weird. And there's definitely a difference of car control and uh, that stuff. So the controller thing is going to be interesting um, on PlayStation for F1 2022. So I got to go and uh, look at, you know, got to just practice, I guess. But I could also just download the version on Windows and double dip and uh download the windows 20 f1 2020 f122 uh game and go on there and just play it on the wheel which i might do we'll see so could do that and then also you know with uh i mean i have somehow i have more friends who have xbox than playstation so windows of course you can i think you can uh play on on online with people who have xbox uh since you know it's microsoft platform and uh that you can you know re- race race together with or play together with so we'll see i may try to get my friends to get the game as well introduce them to F1 so we'll try to do that but um i don't have any really real thoughts on the game so far uh although it seems like they are trying to uh match the cars in the game to their real life counterparts uh, which I guess in the race that I did, Sergio Perez won, which uh, maybe a little bit different because you expect Verstappen to win, but it, you know Red Bull car winning up front, uh, of course matches what happened in so far in real life with uh, Red Bull winning everything so far or most of everything so far this year. So yeah, there's there's that. Um, then of course I racing tried to do the Ferrari four uh, four eighty eight GT three series. Uh, at spa the past week and learned how to drive around spa in in that car and um uh, had a lot of off tracks uh trying to maximize the speed off you know off of uh Eurosh and uh going down down that uh, straight trying to maximize the uh speed down the long long straight and ran off track a couple times on the curving um there was a couple of times where uh you know going into the the hairpin chicane before start finish line at at spa I tried to dive bomb and i thought i made it through but then i got clipped and spun out uh, so it was a, a lot of a lot of uh experimentation i guess trying trying different things trying to get used to different car and trying to figure out a way to pass cuz i felt like it'd be easier to pass at this uh at, at spa but um it's actually a lot harder to pass um than you know it's harder to do than, than what you think. Easier said than done. So that's um, kind of what I doing on iRacing, trying to expand, going to a different series, uh, try something out or try something new. Um, the uh, NASCAR 87 cars were at Pocono. Um, tried that. I ended up, I think I did one or two races on Pocono. Um, you know, with uh, the 87 car, you know, you have to throw it into third gear in the corners. So, you know, ra- race like that. Um, tried tried to uh you know get up there in the uh top ten and i finished i think in fifth place uh there and uh the racing racing was in- interesting and there was there was a lot of uh guys getting into it in the corners um they're definitely throwing it you know pretty deep in the corner and uh, guys were spinning out and uh hitting the wall at different points uh, during the track so a lot of a lot of stuff that happened there but yeah it was mostly what i did on iRacing was those two series this past weekend and then of course f1 on the playstation uh, there so uh you know with that uh the streams when i stream of course uh, located at twitch tv slash uceler2 so when i'm live you know you follow me on there. And when I'm live, you get the notification, I think it says I'm live, or I'll tell you if I'm going on on stream going live. So I'm where sure you can look at that. And then, of course, we'll try to post the link on the Twitter page to make sure you that uh, you can see me on there. And of course, our YouTube page uh, for this channel, uh, for this podcast, your uh, podcast, uh, YouTube, go on there, subscribe, uh, see our latest videos, uh, promote it and uh, share if you uh, think it's interesting enough, and go out and uh, watch our videos. Comment, hit the like button, give us feedback. Uh, you know, if you want to see see our faces as we talk, give our takes, give our give our hot takes. You know, go there and follow us there. And then, you know, of course, uh, follow me uh, at JP Huffine on all social media, on uh, Twitter and everywhere else. So yeah, it's uh, where you can follow me, where you can look at. Uh, our video platform for the show so you know us you finish out the clothes
0: yep as always uh thank you josh for everything you provide and creating youtube page and for being you and you know providing your hot takes when you decide to provide your hot takes and also you know like thinking about ross chastain and kind of being okay with it like your boy dale jr he He's kind of in between. You know, while, while Jeff Burton's really angry about him and Steve Letart's really angry about it, Dale Jr. is like I, like, I like his aggressiveness, but he needs to go and cool it down a little bit. He's kind of like um, his uh, mullet-headed moron uh, driving his flagship car in the Xfinity, Xfinity series. Um, for me, you can follow me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can follow us at Gripship Pod on Twitter. Uh, I've done hits on the uh, Grid Talk podcast, as I mentioned earlier, uh, posted about it, F1 Chronicle, at F1 Chronicle. Uh, I make uh, regular appearances on there, uh, provide my takes. I've hosted as well. Uh, hasn't been as smooth, mainly because it's way more responsible of a show than what we do here. Uh, it's way more organic on this side uh, of the aisle and uh, of the aisles because it's a England-based podcast. But for us, we're here in the United States. Uh, we're on Crypto Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Podbean's where we host. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Verbal. As Josh mentioned, we have Gripshire Podcast YouTube page where you can go and see our uh, beautiful faces. If you want to watch us raw, uncut, unfiltered, um, we're a great podcast to listen to during the your workday. If you want to go and listen to us in the middle of your eight-hour shift, it's a perfect thing to get you right through the day. Uh, that's what the Gripshire Podcast is all about. Uh, we will be back. Next week for episode 124, talking about the, uh, Indy, uh, what is it? Honda Indy Toronto I was about to say Molson Indy Toronto slipping into the old school, uh, Honda Indy Toronto. We'll talk about NASCAR pop Xfinity at New Hampshire, and then we will preview the French Grand Prix for formula one. And uh, it'll be a busy weekend there for, uh, all Formula Series there. Talk about IndyCar at Iowa. They're going to have a doubleheader at Iowa Speedway first time in a few years, so that'll be great. Uh, for IndyCars, uh, they've ran ARCA there a few weeks ago, uh, so that'll be a great thing to see. This car will be at Pocono. I may or may not go to that. I'm in between at the moment in regards to whether I'm going to attend uh based on a whole lot of stuff we'll preview all that and everything else that is going on in the world of motorsports and review here on the grifter podcast we're getting close to nfl training camp so we got to get into that as well um, jamie urdall was just announced as the new host of good morning football uh she has i mean small shoes to fill since kay adams is a very tiny lady but uh, a lot to fill in regards to the personality and what that show's about. So curious to see what she's going to bring to the table here in a couple weeks' time uh, with uh, Kyle and uh, Peter and whoever the hell they put in in the Nate chair. Um, Credit to her. She's a great uh, sideline reporter, but taking over that spot, probably doing it because she has a kid and has a family. She wants to be closer to home. We'll see what happens with that. And um, we'll talk about football, we'll talk about racing, talk about anything that's going on. Colorado's got a goalie. Uh, We got a goalie from the Rangers, uh, likely to be our new starter um, to try and uh, get a second Stanley Cup. Uh, All the Colorado merchandise is selling out real quick because I'd have had to get two XL jerseys if I wanted to go and get the one with the Stanley Cup patch on it but i'm like you know what i got like so many t-shirts coming that says stanley cup champions i'll just uh pass on the jersey but um with that thank you for listening to grips your podcast tell everybody uh for the people that do listen go and tell them about this show if uh you like unfiltered unscripted uh or motorsports content that's what we are and uh yeah there is bias but there's a reason why there's buyers. It's our show. Uh, we're not mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. I've never been mainstream. Josh is way more diplomatic than I'll ever be. Um, that's why he brings the balance to the whole program. That's why he's the uh, brains of the operation. I'll I'll say that. But uh, either way, for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to the Gritchard Podcast. We'll see you next week for episode 124. A lot to talk about. Uh, Pre-reviewing and previewing So thank you for listening And we'll see you next week Take care